0: Here we go again with another episode of the Babysitter's Book Club, and this time it's book 37, Dawn and the Toxic Masculinity. Uh, and I am very excited to be joined here today by a fantastic guest, someone I'm very excited to talk to. It is my cousin, Renee. Renee, how are you? I'm good. And you? I am doing well. Don shoe sale, suit, shoe <laughs> sale, Renee, shoe sale, shoes for sale. <laughs> right? I've got all kinds, <laughs> yellow, green, red. <laughs>
1: so you you said a different title than my book though
0: yeah I was just making a little old joke about how yeah. awful all the, boys are, all the boys are in this book <laughs> yes, um, yes. Which, is, ugh, which was rough um <laughs> but yes Renee you are my cousin and also the cousin of Jen the great Jen Stott who has yes. been on here twice um but what else would you like the folks at home to know about you by way of introduction
1: Oh, so oh, like Jeremy said, I'm his cousin. And also I will claim Jen. I love her very much. And she makes me laugh all the time. Um, she's fabulous. Um, we are cousins. And so that has made life interesting growing up because we have lots of memories that other people don't necessarily have. We also have lots of insight. And when I listen to Jen's uh, one about your special, her podcast about your special, I um, I was cracking up at some of the things you guys are talking about because I could totally like relate to like grandma's house and things like that. So that yeah. was really fun for me. Um, I am, I am married to my husband, James. We've been married for 13 years. Wow.
0: Congratulations. And he
1: is, thank you. He is a Christian school uh, teacher slash IT guy uh, here in San Francisco. And we've lived here in the San Francisco area for two years now. We lived in Southern California for- 11 years. Uh, We have three boys. We have Jacob, who is 10. We have Rylan, who is six. And we have Jason, who is three months old. And I have just started a new job. I'm a work at home, stay at home mom. Um, So I'm at home with my baby during the day. And I am our church secretary. But because of COVID, all of the church secretary... uh, Work was moved to online uh, servers and working at home. And our church secretary took on more responsibilities with the Christian school that is with our church. And so they offered me this work at home part time church secretary position, which was a huge blessing because I don't have to find childcare for my youngest child. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now. We're in a little bit of a transition. My kids are back in school. I'm finding this new groove of normal at home with work and my baby. Uh, my husband's teaching, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. I love to read, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't know about the new job. That's great.
1: Yeah i I'm only I'm only about a month and a half into it, so okay. uh, it's really new. Um, but it's really a lot of answering emails. I don't do phone calls right now, so it's a lot of answering emails and, uh, connecting with our pastor and just making sure that I have things ready for our Sunday services. Um, I know, uh, Jeremy probably didn't say this. I'm, I'm a Christian. So church is a very avid part of my life. Um, but I, I doesn't, it doesn't affect my love for people, my love for books, my love for life.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I just saw you showed me the baby just now and he's adorable. So, uh, it seems like a really good setup you have there to, Thank to you. take care of him. Yeah. 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 Well, Renee, what about your experience with the Babysitter's Club? Um, even before I sent you this book, did you have a background with it or was it newer?
1: So I was familiar with them. Um, I, as I said, I love to read. Um, in fact, I have probably not, I, like if, I, if you were to put me in a room with a TV and a whole bookshelf of movies, um, a whole cabinet of, of games and a whole bookshelf of books that I loved, I could sit for hours and I could read and I could never turn on the TV or never touch the games. Um, I love to read. So I was familiar with the Babysitter Club, um, but I didn't actually like read the series. Um, When I was younger, I loved the Boxcar Children. I loved Nancy Drew. I loved the Hardy Boys. Um, There's a group, there's a set of books I really loved called The Saddle Club. Uh, they had to do with some girls and a horse uh, a horse riding arena and like show horses and things like that. I loved them because I love horses. I read one babysitter club book when I was younger and I just kind of get into it. I-, I loved this book, but I just kind of get into it. There was so much drama and I and so much like talk of boys. And I just was not a huge like boy crazy person. So, um, like I, Oh, I thought boys were cute and yeah, that one's cute. And yeah, I have a crush on him, but I just wasn't the person who was like, I always had to be about the boys, um, and the drama between the friends. And I was just like, Oh, I don't know that I really like these. So I read one and I just didn't get into it. I don't even remember which one I read, but I never really went back to them. It's not that I had anything really against the series. I just found my love in other books. And so because of that, uh, when you asked me to join you, I was kind of excited. Like, oh, which book am I going (laughs) to get? Because I know there's tons of them. Um, But I wasn't It wasn't like I didn't know about them. Um, They just weren't my favorite, I guess, is the way that I would put it. If I had to read them, I would.
0: And just your luck, I gave you a book that was full of boys and drama, which is exactly. You know what?
1: It was great, though. I have some really good like thoughts and insight.
0: Oh, I'm excited to hear that. You mentioned the Saddle Club. I actually, I feel like I have just seen that on the Babysitters Book Club uh, Twitter. I follow like a lot of the other podcasts that do this kind of like young adult uh, chapter book content, and I feel like I just saw someone was doing a podcast about the Saddle Club somewhere. Um, yeah. so you should check that out if the, the I nostalgia should.
1: I should. I loved them. I mean, I mean the boxcar children too, but the saddle club was all about the horses and I'm a huge horse fan. So um if you give me purple hearts and horses, I could be happy for a really long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say, I your apartment, you do have a whole bookshelf full of games. So that's not even a uh, hyperbole. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. I mean <laughs> You guys
0: have board game crazy, which I'm very jealous of.
1: Well, you gotta come visit.
0: Yeah, you just gotta important. come
1: visit us, and <laughs> James will more than my husband will more than happily pull them out.
0: I would love that. Yeah, we'll have to let's <laughs> we'll make plans now that you're in uh, up in Yorktown now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you you mentioned that you did enjoy this particular book.
1: I did. Um, I think that the the storyline in the end uh, brought about some very good tips and pointers for. Uh, maybe some girls who are in a a relationship or even a friendship, um, any form of relationship. I, I feel like when you use the term relationship, uh, um, it can cover friendships or um, a, a, you know a, a love girl a, a love relationship or a friendship. And um, I feel like any relationship can benefit from being aware of how you're being treated and what the actual intent of that treatment is. And so, uh, I felt like like the end of the story where she like com- you know like comes and talks and figures it all out. Yeah. Um I won't give it away quite yet. <laughs> but um that like it gives a really good insight to even, you know, young girls who might be dealing with somebody who is trying to uh, give them pointers on things.
0: Yeah. I liked that this book, it was a book where the, like the sort of A storyline matched up in a nice way with the B storyline of the babysitting, which isn't always the case. Sometimes the random babysitting chapters just go absolutely nowhere and have no larger connection. Right. There's a couple of those, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I liked that it fit together. Um, It was, you know, it was very on the nose, but again, these are books for younger readers. So um, I I don't begrudge it too much. I'm glad that everything kind of kind of tied together um just really sort of um high level before we dig into it did you have a favorite babysitter or and or a least favorite babysitter in the book Um, I know you only got to meet you know mostly Don but uh, well
1: I feel like they all kind of I I feel like the way that their club works that they all kind of share across the line (laughs) um I feel like they're in like a favorite or a non-favorite, I don't know that like I really connected to anyone. Yeah. Um, I do feel like Marianne was a little bit more like what I would be like. I would be a little bit more sensitive to people and how they feel and not so readily to like confront somebody. But I, in my older age, I <laughs> as I say that, I'm only 35. But in my older <laughs> age, I've kind of gotten past that. Um, and saying like, if, if I'm your friend and I'm not honest, I can't come to you and be honest with you about what I see or how I feel, um, then, you know, maybe, maybe we're not great friends. Um, so I think that I would have connected to Marianne on some level, uh, when I was younger, for sure. Uh, I would have probably been the one who was a little scared to say something, um, a least favorite. I don't know. I feel like sometimes the the fashion gurus kind of intimidate me because I like fashion, but I'm not the person who follows fashion and, and, uh, you know, their style just that might've been intimidated me uh, as a younger girl, but
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're, uh, maybe a bit of a Mallory because Mallory (laughs) loves horses. She loves (laughs) to read um she's part of a big family uh sort of very like nurturing and caring for her siblings and uh I don't know maybe I should have given you a Mallory book if I thought more (laughs) carefully (laughs) about it
1: (laughs) this one was great though I I actually I I I connected to this one it was good um yeah
0: well let's let's go through it a little bit and uh I know you've got the the kiddo there so I won't uh keep you too long but I do want to talk through some of the big plot points Um, The book actually does begin with this sort of like fashion show sleepover that we were just discussing. Uh, Dawn is a peaches and cream complexion, we learn. Um, Right. We're playing a lot with hair and makeup, and there is a great outfit description I would love to stop down and get your opinion on. Uh, On page three, for those of you following along at home, this is Claudia. Um, I don't love... We had talked in previous books about how Claudia is often described as exotic looking and how like, uh, yeah. maybe not great. And they they slightly change it here where she's dramatic looking who loves exotic clothes. So I don't know. It seems like still not yeah. on a great track here. But I, here's what I she- feel like, oh, I like
1: I was just going to say, I feel like people use the word exotic to like then, you know, here they say Japanese American. Yeah. If they would just use that phrase,
2: Yeah.
1: you know, instead of saying exotic I think it would get put her a little bit more on level with, with the 13-year-old age group that they're, they are.
0: Yeah, certainly, <laughs> certainly. Um so here's okay, what, here we go. Yeah, here's what Claudia is wearing today. Today, for example, she had stuck to two colors, black and white, black cotton bib overalls over a white turtleneck with a shiny black patent leather belt looped around her waist, black suede ankle boots and white cotton socks, Long black hair swept off her face with a giant, with giant white plastic barrettes. (laughs) Anyone else would look like a penguin, but Claudia looks great. (laughs) What do you think of this outfit, Renee?
1: Oh my. Um, So a couple things jumped out to me. Like I actually kind of wrote in my book at times where I was like, Ooh, this is kind of interesting. It's definitely a 90s style. (laughs) Um, The white socks showing, Um, you know, (sighs) black cotton bib overalls I was never an overall person I probably would not have rocked this outfit I didn't do jean jumpers when they were in I didn't do overalls um my sister does overalls amazing um oh, does she
0: still wear a lot of overalls
1: she she lives in Delaware and she loves her overalls
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a Delaware thing <laughs>
1: I should have probably should not stereotype because I did write like in here like they stereotype California <laughs> girls a uh, big time in here but yeah. um I I don't know like I'm just not a monochromatic uh, dresser. I like color and so when it comes to black and white if I'm gonna wear black I'm gonna wear something bright colored with it. I'm not gonna wear white. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's very I don't it sounds very sterile to me. Uh I definitely wouldn't have worn a white turtleneck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, and and big white berets. That's definitely definitely '90s. Uh, I probably did wear barrettes in the '90s.
0: Yeah, my sister um, had a ton of them. <laughs> you
1: yeah. find them everywhere. They
0: were always around um, the house. Yeah.
1: But uh, I, I probably would not have rocked this style. I. I was more of the, uh, uh, give me some, some cotton shorts and a t-shirt and, and (laughs) um, boots and white socks, ankle boots and white socks. Uh, yeah. You're more on the Christy
0: Marianne side of things than the Stacey Claudia. Yeah. Totally fair. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I thought it was fun. We usually end the books with a sleepover, but we're starting with a sleepover this time. Yeah. Uh, Did you go to a lot of sleepovers when you were younger?
1: You know, I did. I had a group of about four friends and uh, we were all within, you know, two grades of each other and we would definitely uh, do sleepovers. I can remember for sure, at least one that I remember it being like two in the morning and we went (laughs) to the kitchen and got ice cream, Um, like (laughs) for sure. Um, and even, even now as an adult, if, if I get to go away with some girlfriends for a weekend, uh, it's definitely sleepover mode. Uh, maybe not like this, you know, not the junior high sleepover (laughs) mode of the makeup and the, it's probably more of like, can you please give me a decaf cup of coffee and I'm going to bed at eight (laughs) (laughs) o'clock.
0: No ice cream at two in the morning.
1: Well,
0: so <laughs> yeah.
1: maybe. So you
0: can wake up. You go to sleep early, you wake up, you get your ice cream, you go back to bed. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the next, uh, this, this is really all just to get us to the next morning where it's Saturday morning at Christie's house. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to look nice just to go downstairs for breakfast. Just the family around. No worries about that. Yeah. But then what's going to happen when they come downstairs and there is a boy who looks like a movie star sitting at the table. <laughs> Uh, the babysitters I thought this was so funny they all trip all over themselves to go back upstairs and like put on put on makeup and, and change their clothes
1: uh, well for one the uh, description of this movie star looking yes, guy Travis. Tra- I don't <laughs> Travis I don't really like I don't know the description to me was like oh this is what they think a movie star looks." Looks like, okay, Um, obviously they're 13, so uh, a smile, and it's Dawn describing it really, so a smile that she could never forget. Um, I mean, there's people who have really great smiles and you like to see them smile. Uh, Tripping all over themselves to go back upstairs and get dressed and put on makeup. You know, that wasn't me at 13. At 13, when I had a sleepover at a friend's house, even if they had older brothers, (laughs) to the breakfast table whatever you're wearing who cares right even if yeah. you liked them even if you liked them um i i don't remember ever being like i have to i have to fix my hair or i have to run back upstairs and fix my hair to to talk with you at that point they've already seen you
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i think what <laughs> is you? the point of going upstairs and making yourself more presentable like i would be like i just want the food <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think to your point earlier, it's in a lot of these cases, it's often, uh, Stacy and Claudia, uh, who are sort of very appearance, uh, interested that are leading the charge. And I feel like a lot of the other babysitters are just sort of like following their lead a little yeah. bit, uh, because that's kind of like the quote unquote more mature way to be, um, whether or not that's, right. um, you know, healthy in any way, uh, is another matter, but I, right. I understand it psychologically. Yeah. Right. Um, So Travis, Renee, if you can believe it, is from California. Um, He is eating a bowl of granola, which is practically the state food. Um, (laughs) We just have tubs of granola all over the house here.
1: (laughs) Are we sure about this? Um, So, okay. so I I did kind of mention it earlier. They have a very um, stereotypical type of look at Californians in this book. And I, I guess growing up in California, you too, I, I feel like sometimes people misconstrue and misunderstand what we as Californians are and look like yeah. granola, you know. Movie stars. Um, <laughs> movie stars, okay. Like um, when they talk about Dawn in the beginning of the book and they talk about her long blonde hair and California is not that way, we're very diverse. Um, yeah. we don't all have long blonde hair. Yes, I have long blonde hair. Okay, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but like you hear songs and all this stuff. I, you know, Rascal Flatt's song jumps into my mind of like there, she'd be California. California was a girl, mm-hmm. they have very stereotypical things. Uh, I don't know why granola would make him Californian. I feel like granola is a standard food <laughs> around the world,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um and, like, uh, you know, he says it's practically the state food. When's the last time you ate granola, Jeremy?
0: You know, it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably, I do remember I got it. There was a period where I was like, okay, this is a healthy thing to eat. Um, and it's easy. I'll just buy some granola. Probably, like, the year or two after I was in college. But then I I haven't done that in years. So.
1: Yeah. So, like, I have granola in my cupboard. Yeah. But I... last time I ate it was probably a week and a half ago in some yogurt. Um, And it's there because my husband likes it uh, as he's, you know, eating healthy and making good health decisions. That's one of the things that he'll eat with his yogurt. And so we do have it in the house, but (laughs) we didn't have it regularly in the house before two years ago. So
0: I <laughs> Yeah. And did Travis bring his own granola or did this did the Watson Brewer household have the granola and he asked for it?
1: Yeah, right, right. So he's eating a like and what does it say? He's eating a bowl of granola. What what is he eating with the granola?
0: Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't write that down. Is was there something else with the granola he was having?
1: He's not. I mean it doesn't say
0: he is yeah um let's see because they have to go back down oh no wait. it's the first time they see him i'm not sure
1: it's on the bottom of page 15 like on the he bottom of asked. 15 like is oh. that granola
0: <laughs> yeah but
1: like i i i mean i don't know i don't eat granola plain so I you, whatever.
0: I eat it like cereal, like <laughs> with milk, right? Is that how you <laughs> yeah. do it? Yeah.
1: Well, I eat it typically with yogurt. Oh. There you like go. mix it in with yogurt or um fruit, you know, or salad. Like I don't oh. ever just eat plain granola. Eating <laughs> it with milk is great too, but like it doesn't say what he's eating it with. He just has a bowl of granola. Got the granola. So, <laughs> Hey, hey, we're Californian here. That's what we do, yeah.
0: Um, and he's he's going to, uh, Travis, from the minute I met Travis, I didn't like him, Renee. Uh, he's got this whole monologue about walks on the beach above Malibu. Uh, okay.
1: There are so many other places than Malibu. Um, it's not let's, easy let's to get back, to Malibu. <laughs> let's go back to the stereotypical California. They only know L.A. They only know the movie star persona um, of a movie star smile and the blonde hair and all of that. And then they throw out Malibu. I mean, I went to the beach in Huntington at Newport Beach and I go to the beach in San Francisco. Like Malibu is it? And he talks about the sunset where the sun sets and it looks like it's dropping right into the ocean. If you go to any west any part of the ocean of California, the sun looks like it's <laughs> in.
0: There's Dude. only one place where the sun sets in California <laughs> apparently. It's, it's in Malibu. Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just being such a creep. He's like, "Always wear blue, Don." Like, "Ugh." Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Okay, and I I did write some of that down. Um and we'll we'll come back to that.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh... the first of many like weird things he's going to say to Don. <laughs> yes.
1: yes where he where he says oh yeah yeah it brings out the color of your eyes just like the ocean and I feel like like he instantly like became a creeper um yeah like that comment from a 16 year old boy to a 13 year old boy to a 13 year old girl I don't know like it just like I don't know if a 16 year old boy had said that to me I would have looked at him and been, like you're weird and I'm never talking to you again
0: (laughs) yeah and Dawn is just like she's all in right away and I I, that's that's boy crazy is a word they use a lot but that's what that is I think yeah you know spoiler alert when we talk about the cover I thought he was 38 based on this cover
1: (laughs) okay I I would agree like he looks really old he does not look like he's in high school he looks older than Um, either one of
0: us on this cover
1: (laughs) yes yes and you know I don't know. Uh, I thought, you know, I'm 35, and I thought for sure I would look older than 18 at 35. And I feel like, except for the gray hair, people still ask me how old my siblings are in the store. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, wow. um, those are my children.
2: <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> it is.
1: It is. But um, yes, I, I thought he looked way older on the cover. And I was expecting like a college age guy, not yeah. just 16, barely Same. in high school. So. me as
0: me as well yeah um so then at the next babysitter's club meeting dawn is going to be so hilarious uh <laughs> like uh what's uh, she's like fishing with christy like oh uh, what about travis what's travis up to and christy's like i don't i don't know why are yeah. you asking me this which i thought was very funny um, yeah
1: i mean it's it's like she expected christy to have been keeping tabs on travis for her yeah. But had never said that she wanted Christy to, to tell her, you know, if Travis was there. Yeah. Um,
0: and was not subtle about it.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. And I, and I loved, like, Christy's response. Like, or Don is like, oh, you think he was there? And Christy's like, well, there was lots of boys playing basketball in the driveway. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's probably how I would have been. I would have been the, the person, my friend being like, was someone so there now I'm an observant person. So I probably would have been like, oh yeah, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, but like, there was just a lot of guys hanging out. Like, why would I pay attention to one in particular? Right. Um, you know, uh, Christy, not...
0: Yeah. Christy is the worst person to have as your boy spy as well. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. Stacy and Claudia would be much better at that than, uh, yeah. Christy. <laughs>
1: yeah, probably. Uh, I feel like Christy is is present and she might be a great president for the babysitter club, but I feel like her um, observations and like other um, input is like less. Her observation of things is less.
0: She's all business. So if it doesn't yeah. have to do with like a project or like efficiency, She's like, right. what, like, what do you care? Yeah. Who, who, yeah.
1: <laughs> why? Why should we talk about this? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So this is going to be where they are going to kick off this, as I call it, the B plot. The Hobarts need a babysitter um, because the parents, the parents are going shopping. There's a lot of going shopping in this book. <laughs> there is. Um, they like all four, go
1: shopping. There's like
0: four different times where they're like, "Oh, they were off shopping." There, <laughs> they were going shopping.
1: <laughs> she must have been. The author must have been in a state of like needing to get things and that's what she was doing at the time when she
0: wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> <I> was <shopping. laughs>
1: she was going shopping.
0: Yeah, and Ben Hobart can't watch them because he and Mallory are going to the movies. And
1: Mal gets all um, I loved it. She gets all like nervous about what her friends are gonna say is what I feel like. Like she turned a shade of pink as everybody guessed. Yeah. Um I love that she she got um she blushed. She was so like, oh, I didn't want people to know this. Um, I think that it was cute. Like, obviously, younger kids hanging out. Um, you know, she says it's not a date. Um, I probably wouldn't have called it a date. I had friends who were boys when I was in junior high, yeah. and we hung out. You know, we went to the the store or or the you mall shopping? or oh, we went shopping. <laughs> we went. I mean, I. I didn't really go to the movies a lot when I was a kid just because of the cost of it. And yeah. so, um, but we would hang out at a friend's house or at a sports game or, you know, whatever. Um, but I would have never called it a date. So like the fact that she's going to the movies with him to me was like, Oh, that's fun. She's hanging out with a friend and then they're all making a big deal over it. And she's blushing, um, which means she probably does like him. And that's cute. Um, yeah. You know, it, I guess it depends on how much you encourage that liking.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things the series does well is emphasizing that divide between the 13-year-old girls and the 11-year-old girls, um, yeah. where Mallory and Jesse, I love how they're so much more like, um, I don't know what the word is, like genuine in their enthusiasm for things. And I feel like yeah. sometimes the 13-year-olds are like, ugh, this again, you know, world weary 13-year-olds. Um, their drama. Love- yeah and i
1: love that they're just like ah it's a date and holly's like what what yeah yeah i mean i have a 10 year old and i would if he was gonna go hang out with a friend at at the movies like i probably wouldn't call it a a date i would (laughs) call it like a play date or a hangout date or like it wouldn't be a date date because you're 10 you don't need to focus on that (laughs) like that's what i feel like as a mom. I would encourage him to be like, hey, it's just friends hanging out and that's always a great thing, so.
0: I didn't realize he was 10 already.
1: Yeah, he just turned 10 in June, so. I know, it's crazy. He asked me this morning, mom, does that mean I'm 25 years younger than you? And I was like, can we please not state it that way?
0: (laughs) Darn it, teaching him math.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so uh, Jesse's gonna take the first shift to the Hobart's, so we'll get back to that later. Uh, and this is, uh, this is we're, we, we go straight to an 11 here where Don and, Mal, uh, Don and Marianne are gonna be raking leaves outside. Yeah. Because Sharon and Richard have to go shopping. <laughs> um, so they're <laughs> outside raking leaves. <laughs> Travis just rolls up in his truck. I thought I was missing something. I didn't really understand like why he was there or how he knew where they lived. It will yeah. happens so fast. So,
1: me too. I was kind of like, uh, he just like rolled up in front of their house in his dark blue Chevy. Yeah. Uh, I guess they don't say if it's a car or a truck, actually, do they? I think it's a. Truck. I was thinking car, but you're thinking truck. I, I was I guess. thinking
0: truck. Sweet, think let's go with truck somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. I should have written that down more closely.
1: Oh, we're good. We'll just go with truck. It's a Chevy. We'll just call it a Chevy. (laughs) Um, Just kidding. There you go. Did that Um, work? Like, how did he know where she lived? Where did he get that information? Um, Like, as I I think if I was a 13-year-old girl in the front yard raking leaves and a 16-year-old boy rolled up in his car and I had never told him where I lived, I think I would be, like, running for the front door and locking it.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what Marianne sort of does.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. Um, But, like, yeah, he just kind of, like, shows up there on Saturday morning, and I feel like it's the following Saturday from the Saturday he met her. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a little creepy.
0: It's weird. And then he is just gonna, like, uh, I I don't know if it's mansplaining when you're just bragging, but there's just a lot of monologuing coming from Travis about himself.
1: <laughs> i wrote down oh they do call it a car
0: okay and i think um, now that i'm looking at it i think maybe in my head just like a gross weirdo no. like travis i put him with a truck which is an unfair stereotype
1: no, uh, no, okay we'll go back to it's car. on 35 they call him car okay fine Thank you. um yeah like i i wrote down in in here like he likes to hear himself talk he likes to be the center of attention uh she doesn't really know how to respond to him like he's 16 and he's driving oh and he's wearing this fantastic pair of blue white shaded jeans again um (laughs) sorry
0: (laughs) i think they make fun of that Um, at the end of the book don't they even though she says she likes it here yeah
1: yeah um but he just he likes to hear himself talk Mm -hmm. and and, and I, I think I wrote down, he interrupts her numerous times in the middle of her too. talking, mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really rude. Did his parents not teach him to let people finish their sentences? Um, I don't know. Yeah, he, like, mansplains the whole, like, waxing the car and maintaining it. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> it made me laugh, but, it, like, it made me laugh at how, like, absurd and, like, gross it was. Um, he yeah. says he makes friends wherever he goes never has any mm. problem making any friends. There are five different clubs that want him and like three different sports teams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A little <laughs> full of himself. Um, if I met a, if I, yeah, if I met a 16 year old who was like, even now as a 35 year old, if I met a 16 year old who is like, um, Oh yeah. Like the football team and the basketball team both wanted me at the same time. And um, you know, I, I joined all these clubs and, and he just spouting off on all of his accomplishments. I would probably look at him and be like, "And you have time for homework? <laughs> um, and you help your parents around the house? Like, there's no res- there's no like pride or responsibility in those things, I guess. Yeah. Um, like I feel like I feel like if you want to be good at something, you choose it. You choose something to be good at, and you work really hard at it." Mm-hmm. Um, people who are good at basketball are good at basketball because they focus on basketball people who are good at football focus on football and they become experts right you have yeah. experts in the field you focus on so I feel like oh yeah I'm good at all these things but are you really good at all
0: these things <laughs> yes quality is more impressive than quantity
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah and so I just feel like he was so like Full of himself. And she's like, I've never met anyone so energetic. And I'm like, I don't know that he's energetic. He's really big headed.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he has time to go like monologue to a 13 year old on a Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah. If it was a Saturday and he was in football or basketball or swimming um, in high school, they probably would have had some form of Saturday practice, uh, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning of the year. Um, I know like my school tried to do all of their sports practices during the week, but I know that there are Saturdays where you would have practices in the middle of the, or are on Saturday morning. Right. Um. And if he was so good at all of these things, why wasn't he out practicing on his own then?
2: Yeah.
1: Or yeah. why wasn't he, you know, why is he over on a Saturday morning uh, talking to a 13 year old as a 16 year old? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how guys, I mean, maybe he thought that was what he should have been doing, but I don't, I don't remember 16 year olds coming and talking to me as a 13 year old on a Saturday morning, sitting on my front steps.
0: Yeah. I, don't s- I
1: wasn't interested.
0: Yeah. I don't want to say that like, no boys would do that, but like, unfortunately, bo- I think boys would do that, but I don't think, like, I think it's still like a weird thing to do. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Especially when it's not like a, let's be friends thing. It's a like, look how cool I am thing.
1: Yeah, I I think, okay, I think it would be different if it was a let's be friends, or a hey, I want to come hang out with you on a Saturday morning. Like, can we arrange this? Yes. But like, he didn't do either of those things. And he Mm -hmm. didn't show up and be like, hey, I want to be your friend. He showed up and is like, look at me, blah, blah, blah. He's like the me monster. Like, (laughs) me, 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 me. Um, It's all about him. And, and even the next part is about him.
0: The the present he's going to give her? The present. Mm-hmm. He's going to give about... her a, a necklace and some hair combs. Yeah. And then he has the gall, Renee, to tell her how that she should cut her hair and exactly how to cut it. <laughs> the gall.
1: Oh, man. Oh, my word. Um, yeah. So this hit me really big. Like, as as a a female as a girl as a lady as a woman um nobody tells me how to change like I am married I've been married for 13 years and my husband doesn't tell me how to cut my hair he doesn't tell me how to color my hair he doesn't tell me what to wear um he doesn't like he, he tells her like oh pull your hair back from your face with these combs um My husband will say things like, hey, I like your hair like that, but he'll never be like, oh, you should pull your hair out of your face Mm -hmm. or um, uh, you should go cut your hair. Like I'll be like, honey, I'm thinking of cutting my hair. And he'll be like, okay. And sometimes he'll have an opinion, Mm -hmm. but it's not like he'll say like, oh, don't cut it too short. But what's too short? He doesn't tell me like, oh, don't cut it past this length or don't, you know? Um, So I found that very controlling. I found it con- very controlling, um, which could border on abuse. Um, I also found it offensive. Um, as a girl, as a female, as a woman, why would I want, as, as a 13-year-old, well, for one, you just made me feel so insecure in who I am, because, because I'm 13. Like, of course, if a 16-year-old came to a 13-year-old and said, hey, you should cut your hair, it would look great in this style. And the 13 year old has a crush on him. She's going to be like, Oh yeah, he'll like me better. So of course she's going to do it. Um, he, he approached it in a very controlling way. Um, not only controlling, but offensive. If I was the parent and I heard that I would be like, you are never talking to my daughter again. Like that (laughs) is just wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I only have boys. And so I'm teaching my children, my boys, not to talk to girls that way
2: because,
1: you know, I want them to be respectful. Um, yeah, that that just like jumped out at me, and I was like, "Oh my word!" I I found it offensive to just read it. Like that's really harsh. Yeah. Um, I don't remember a boy ever telling me I should cut my hair, even a boy I had a crush on. But you know, obviously, <laughs> I wear my hair up in ponytails most of the time. That was my fashion. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. Thank so. you for thank you for sharing that perspective. I thought like I think everything you said is. Uh, exactly right where you say like, like controlling borderline abusive. There's definitely like a power dynamic going on between them.
1: Yeah. So when he makes the statement on page 41 for anybody who's following along and he says, think about it. Okay. For me. When he says the statement for me, he immediately becomes a controller. Mm -hmm. Um, If he had just said, think about it. Okay. And left it at that. um, No big deal but he adds for me. And when Mm. you add that statement, you're asking somebody to do something for you. You're asking them to change because it means you'll like them more. And we don't, I personally feel like if you have to ask somebody or tell somebody to change for you to like them, you are, you have just become a controller. And sometimes that controller crosses the line into abuser. Mm -hmm. Um, who are abusive, and I don't want to get too far into this whole abusive thing, it can be a touchy subject, but people who are abusive require the people that they're trying to control to change. And so I feel like um, that statement for me really changes the dynamic of what he was asking of her. Um, he's now come become not just a, a boy sitting on the steps, but he's now become
0: a controller. Yeah, that's a great detail. Um, and I, what I was going to say on that as well is, I think the book does a nice job of presenting these themes in a very, like, GPG way, um, when they can yeah. allude to um, more adult uh, problems with control and yes. you know, the, the the man who feels like he has ownership or a right to the woman. by.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah. I like that they're sort of putting it in a... A, a comfier way to digest yes. for younger, for younger readers, for younger, while yes. the messages remain the same.
1: Right. And it yeah. does, it will bring, and, and I thought, okay, this is actually good the way that they resolve the book, um, uh, right. because it does bring out, um, questions. It brings up things that girls and, and boys who read these books can talk about, uh, with their parents or, um, I, obviously I would always point them to their parents, uh, their parents are the experts on these subjects and you that's who you want them to go to. Um, but they can talk about them with their parents and um, their parents can teach them and guide them in statements and phrases and things that um, are controlling and can say, you know, if somebody says this to you, you need to come and talk to me about it because I'm here to protect you and I can come back and we can handle this. Um, I feel like at that point, Dawn should have gone straight to her parents and said, this boy said this to me. And I think, I think the storyline would have changed obviously. And that wasn't the point quite yet. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, as a a girl, if that was said to me, would have gone straight to my parents and would have said like, this was said to me, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And my dad probably would have flipped out, you know, my dad, (laughs) um, he probably would have been like, yeah, you're not talking to that kid again. Um, but you know, so I do, I feel like it brings up some really good conversation points which is yeah. really good. It's really good for junior hires and young, young kids uh, to have those uh, points of conversation, so. Y-
0: yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And obviously this is gonna be a theme for the remainder of the book. So we'll, yes. we'll keep returning we'll to touch
1: this. We'll on it again.
0: Speaking of controllers, let's go over to the Hobarts. Um, so Je- <laughs> yes. Jesse's gonna be babysitting for them. Um, the Perkins girls and Chewy the dog are gonna come over because yes. James wrote a play And they're going to be rehearsing. We find out later the title of the play is Little Dog Lost. Yes. Yeah, I thought this was so cute. Um, So the play is about Chewie being lost in the mall. um, And I loved just all that where Gabby Perkins, um, she's very much a method actress. Uh, She really gets into her role as the shoe salesman to the point (laughs) that it is disrupting the rest of the play. Um, (laughs) So I just thought, I thought all the stuff about the play was a lot of fun. Do you have anything you wanted to say about the play itself before that awful little Zach shows up?
1: So I really enjoyed this part about the play. Um, As a mom, I always want to see my kids being creative. I always want to see them um, branching out and doing things that uh, might not be popular, um, but that are fun and um, include others. I tell my kids all the time to be includers at school. And, um, so the fact that they're including everybody, including the dog, um, (laughs) I, I find really great. Yeah. Um, I think it's great that it's the eight year old wrote the play. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously kids have such big imaginations and I feel like we stifle them so much. And this is just a mom viewpoint. So anybody listening, this is mom viewpoint. Um, we stifle them so much with TV or with movies um, I'm and there's nothing wrong with those I'm more than happy to let my kids watch a show watch a movie no big deal but I also limit the time that they use the TV because I want them to be creative I want them to go upstairs and build things with their Legos and come down and tell me all about it um, so the, the I, I like that their babysitting doesn't necessarily include at least in this book Um, TV, I I don't know that it's like mentioned, they, they're very creative in their babysitting. And that would be the type of babysitter I'm looking for somebody who's willing to, uh, play with my children, help them be creative and, um, help them put on a play. Um, I loved it. I love, I love the way that James like takes possession of this play that he wrote and, uh, the other kids being involved, even the little, uh, two and a half year old, which I don't know if a two and a half year old would necessarily uh, be talking about shoes. It it probably would not come out as clearly as the story, but I think it's adorable. And I think that it's a great, um, it's a great break from the drama that's happening in the babysitter club. Um, It gives a comedy point. It does tie the the drama back in a little bit, but it gives a comedy point. And I feel like, um, I feel like it's great. Like, the creativity and then the babysitter encouraging the creativity because the babysitter could always be like, no, I don't want to watch your stupid play. Like (laughs) they probably wouldn't use the word stupid, but you know, I don't want to watch your play, go play by yourself or let's watch a movie or, you know, in, in our day and age, that's a very easy babysitter thing to do. So. Uh,
0: This is uh, unrelated to the book. Did you find it difficult in the time of COVID to keep the screen time regulated for your children because i know i heard from like i'm not a parent myself but i saw like a lot of people talking about like oh it's so much harder now that we're all at home to like regulate screen time like we used to it
1: it could be so um we had a little bit of a perk we lived um so right now we live in the city in san francisco Um, but at the time that COVID started we actually lived over by berkeley and we lived with my in-laws in their house and they had a backyard and um we they had a downstairs garage so even if it was raining outside like my kids could still like ride their scooters inside because the garage is is long and covered um if you're not familiar with san francisco most of the houses are built up and the garage is down below and it's the length of the house because you can fit two cars in back um behind each other in the garage that way. So we had a Where do you long keep garage. the granola
0: in the house in San Francisco?
1: <laughs> in the pantry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not
0: sorry,
1: in going. a hole. No, we're good. Um so um my kids got to play a lot still. Um we did utilize screen time a little bit more, but they were also on their computers for school. Right. So we incorporated that as screen time. Um, so they did have a lot more because they were on their computers for school. Um, so when they were not on their computers, we were willing to let them watch, you know, Disney plus or a YouTube video, or, um, we even utilized some of the, um, the exercise things, you know, Hey, it's raining outside. You can't go outside and play. So let's put on, you know, what they call go, go noodle and you dance around to music and things like that. Um, But we still had tons of Legos and Hot Wheel cars and their scooters. And so I really try to limit their screen time to an hour to an hour and a half a day um, if I can. And so even during COVID, I really tried to stick with that. We did Lego sets, we did coloring books, we did sidewalk chalk, we did like, I tried to really be creative. I know it was hard for people and there's no criticism for people who used the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's what worked for your family, Go for it. Like that's the type of mom and friend I want to be. If that's what works for you, use the screen. It's great. Um, it, I had a baby. He's three months old. I had my kids home all summer um, by myself as my husband was working full time. And I did use the screen. In the afternoons, I would tell them, hey, we're going to watch a show. You get an hour if it's an educational show. And you get 30 minutes if it's a just a fun to watch show, unless it's a movie. If it's a movie, we'll watch the whole thing. Um, and most days they chose to watch an educational show on National Geographic. So they could watch an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very point. clever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 but um, I would rest during that time. I would go and I would lay down because I needed that break with my infant. Yeah. Um, but but there's no criticism for moms who use the screen. I just really enjoyed the fact that they're encouraging the creativity, the playing, um, that's what I would want in a babysitter. So the fact that the Babysitter Club does that, especially with their kid kits that they mentioned earlier, but yes, yeah. right.
0: yes. So, well, one person who does not encourage the creativity is uh-huh. Zach. So yes. we have we have met Zach once before, uh, okay. and he was just as bad in his first book, um, uh-huh. where he was bullying the Hobarts for being Australian. Um, okay, and then he sh- and then the book sort of ended with like a weird, like, oh, I guess they're gonna like try to be friends. It was a little Uh like up in the air. But Zach is back up to his old ways. Um, he's just this awful little child. He's making fun of the boys for playing with girls. He thinks plays are dumb. He once again uses the R word for the autistic girl that lives there. Yeah. Um, just really terrible.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, as I was reading for one thing that jumped out at me is that they call him a good friend of James. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily classify him as a good friend. (laughs) Um, in my definition, a good friend is somebody who supports you, no matter if they agree with your viewpoint or not. And, um, like they might be friends at school. Um, but if he's always telling James what to do, I don't think he's a good friend. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: you support your friends. You don't always boss them around. Um, yeah, he's, I think, I think he comes across as wanting to be, he doesn't want to be the, the kiddish boy. He wants to be grown up Mm -hmm. and it's not grown up to play with girls. Um, I think that's a false uh, statement. I think that boys and girls can play together just fine. I think that, uh, you can be friends with girls and, girls, you know, he makes a statement about them playing sports, uh, they, yeah. that he's, you know,
2: really uh, wants to play you should go
1: play sports. <laughs> and I, I think that that's a very stereotypical statement of, um, some, some boys have that viewpoint. Like if you don't play sports, then you're just, you're not a boy, uh, or you're not a, a macho boy. I don't know. Boys need to spend time skateboarding and, you know, whatever um yeah Yeah. you know zach because zach would be a a kid that i would tell my son as a 10 or a six year old because i have you know i'm right in between the james's age here with my kids (laughs) um i would probably tell my children you can be nice to him you can play with him but you don't have to do what he says and just because he's telling you these things doesn't mean it's true um you know the fact that he rides off calling james a girl Uh, you know, I, I, as the babysitter, uh, would probably tell James, you're not a girl, you're a boy, you're just fine. Um, don't worry about him. He's just jealous because he's not a part of your play. And even if he didn't want to be a part of your play, he's not, he's not being included. And so he's going to make himself feel better about it. Um, Even if you asked him to be a part of your play and he said, no, he chose not to be included um, because he thinks it's dumb. Hey, that's great. That's fine. That's his opinion. That's his choice. Um, But your play is great and he doesn't need to be a part of it to make it better. He's just jealous that you have something fun going on and he's choosing not to be
0: included. And it, um, it does seem like James comes around to that at the end of the, of the chapter. He's like, okay, he's just, he's just jealous, whatever. But then like later, Zach does get to him again. So that was uh, unfortunate. Yeah.
1: So I think as kids, and, and here's the thing with children and even adults, um, we want people to accept us. We want people to like us. We want people to uh, approve of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And when people don't, um, it's discouraging. It's, it's upsetting to us. We want, you know, he wants Zach to be his friend. He wants to be friends with Zach and, and I can see that. Um, and, you know, he, he's not sure how to respond to Zach because he wants to be Zach's friend, but Zach is being mean. Um, and so it's a good lesson for children that even if somebody's mean to you, you can still be kind to them. Mm -hmm. Um, kindness goes a long way and you don't have to give in to what they want you to do to be kind to them. Sometimes, sometimes kindness comes across as I am not going to do what you're asking me to do because I, I am not that person. I'm not going to abandon my play just to go play basketball with you because you think that that's what I should be doing. That's not kind to the other people who are a part of my play. Um, right. Sometimes you have to choose between the, the two kind things. And it doesn't mean you're less kind. Yeah. Um, and I like the word kind over nice. Just as even as a mom with my kids, I use the word kind more often than nice. I don't tell my kids to be nice to other kids. I tell my kids to be kind. I like uh, the that. meaning of kind is much deeper than just being nice. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think Zach could grow up a little bit as an eight year old. I think that he could learn to accept other people and what they're doing and in their role. Um,
0: yeah, you're a kinder person than me, Renee. I just wanted to smack Zach across his stupid <laughs> face, but uh, I think you have well, a much more well thought out uh, response to what's going on here.
1: I have children and I've worked with children. And so like, you know, I worked at the school, the Christian school here for a handful, for a couple of years. Um, and yes, there are often children where you're like, really, you just said that to another student? Yeah. Like, I can't believe you did that. Um, But us as adults have to be kind, we have to teach them kindness doesn't come naturally. I know that sounds so odd, but it doesn't. It just doesn't come naturally. Um, We want to be selfish. We want to be controlling. We want people to like us. And so we choose to do things that maybe aren't kind. Um, I think kindness is a choice every day um, that we make as human beings. Uh, we choose either to be kind or to be selfish. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean think that's, that's really I well choose, said. I like that. I choose selfishness way more than I should. And I know I do. Um, especially with an infant, I'm like, why aren't you sleeping? I want to sleep. Um, that's selfish, but, <laughs> but I do think that kindness is a choice.
0: Yeah, uh, and
1: I think if a lot more people chose kindness, there would be a huge shift in how people perceive each other
0: in the yeah. world. Yeah, so I like that. I like that a lot, Renee. Okay, I uh, Travis once again rolls up in his car. All the all the best chapters or the worst chapters start with that, and he basically abducts <gasps> Dawn after school. Uh, oh, yeah. he's like, "All right, uh, <laughs> to, to quote Mean Girls, get in, loser. We're going shopping." Uh, more, sh- right. more shopping, um, and Don is a little bit like, uh, I know, I know what I should do. I know I should call my mom and ask permission, but then I'm gonna look like a baby. Um, I, like, I guess if I just get home before my mom, then everything's okay." Uh, and she gets in the car. Uh, yeah. And they're going to go to surf and sail to buy Travis's dad a birthday present, which was weird. Uh, they're going to go to Burger Bite, where Travis orders for her the grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, and then he buys her more earrings right before he tells her to get another piercing. Uh, yeah. So he's just up to his old tricks.
1: Oh, man. OK, so, yeah, the way that this started, like him driving up in his car and asking, like, is, are you on your way home? Um, and then, like. Hey, I have a better idea. Go shopping with me. Um, Don was on the right track. Like, I should check with my mom first. Right. Um, and like, maybe I should go back into the school and call her. Um, but what will Travis think of me? So he's already put into this, into her mind, kind of like this. I like you because of all of his previous. Yeah. Uh, sitting on the, the steps and the gift and all of that. Um. And then he's like, come on, get in. It's a no parking zone, like rushing her. Yeah. So she gets in and then he says, I'm glad you decided to come. Um,
0: Mm. Emotional manipulation.
1: Yes. He makes it seem like it was her choice where he kind of pushed her like, hey, you should come and uh, get in like I'm getting honked at by people behind me. So rush, rush, rush. And Mm. then like, hey, you decided to come with me. So that phrase, once again, is a controlling phrase. Um, and, and, and I'm going to come back to this controller abuser situation. A controller or an abuser will say, like, you decided to do that. Mm. I, I pushed you, you know, go do the dishes. Go do the dishes. Or, um, or, hey, you need to do this. Like, get in the car. I'm in a no parking zone. Get in. She gets in and then he's like, Oh, I'm glad you decided to come. Well, he didn't really give her an option. He didn't say, maybe you should check with your parents and make sure it's okay. Which if a 16 year old girl, just girl, 16 year old boy just told me to get in his car. (laughs) I would, I would be really nervous. I think my friends would have spoken up. I mean, I would have hoped. And so I'm surprised that her friends didn't really speak up and say, Hey, Don, you know, maybe you should call your parents or I don't think that's a good idea.
0: Um, they were not great influences on her in that moment. <laughs>
1: yeah, so she just gets in the car. And then they go to surf and sail. And um, once again, he's wearing his blue cotton work shirt and faded jeans. Yes. Um, which I don't know where that became a, a uh, style in California, but okay.
0: It's um, <laughs> <laughs> what we all wear every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he goes to, they go to surf and sail. And she's like, are you sure that your father wants this for his birthday? And then he says that he lied to her.
0: Yeah, that was weird.
1: So like, I made up an excuse to see you today. So you lied to me to get me to come with you. Like, that would have been a red flag. I would have been like, where is a phone I'm calling my mom? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um,
1: you lied to me. And this is one of the things, honesty is a huge issue with me. Um, I want my children to learn that honesty is the most important thing uh, that they can give anybody. Um, honesty and truth. Um, and if you're going to lie to me, you are automatically not somebody that I want to interact with. Um, lying is very, um, there's no black and white. Like, I, I, the phrase little white lie is not, it, it's not a truthful phrase. It's not a little lie.
0: you're saying it's not like Claudia's outfit. It's, it's not black and white.
1: Yeah, no, no, not like that outfit at all. Um, it is one color. And the moment that you choose to lie, the moment that you choose to tell somebody falsely something, um, you have lost their trust. I mean, I can't go to my boss and I can't say like, oh, I can't even tell half truths half truths are still lies. Mm. You I mean you can you can leave something out. I, I guess I guess I'm very black and white in this situation especially cuz I have children. Mm-hmm. Um you leave something out when I ask you why you hit your brother and you don't tell me that he like, you tell me what he did but you don't tell me that you were antagonizing him before he hit you and then you hit him. Mm-hmm. Um you've left something out and you are telling only partially what you have. Um, Lying is a big thing to me. I feel like in any relationship, friendship, um, interaction with human beings, um, honesty is the only way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, If you cannot be honest with that person, you don't have a relationship because the moment you start to not be honest is the moment that they start second guessing um, if they can trust you. You lose trust when you start to lie. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's a small lie, you know, did you, did you unload the dishwasher? Yeah, mom, I unloaded the dishwasher and I go and check the dishwasher and there's still silverware in it. And I say, you didn't unload the dishwasher. Well, I unloaded almost all of the dishwasher, mom. (laughs) Okay. Well now next time I ask you to unload the dishwasher, I'm going to check it before I, when you tell me I, I unloaded the dishwasher. I'm going to say, did you really unload the dishwasher? Or did you only partially unload the dishwasher? It's, it's a matter of just being honest. And I tell my kids, if you're just honest, you will have less of, you will be in less trouble than if you lie.
0: Right. Right. If
1: you lie and I, then I find out the truth. Um, now I have a bigger issue to deal with because you lied to me if you just are honest my issue with you is very small i deal with one thing
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i deal with what happened in the situation the moment you throw in line i now have to deal with what happened in the situation and with you lying and it's a whole separate issue um i want my kids to be honest so the fact that he lied to her um that really hit me. I was like, a 16-year-old boy willingly lying to get a 13-year-old girl in his car? That sounds really, um, really questionable. And e- it
0: wasn't even like, I don't even think the lie mattered. But like, I think she would have gotten in the car. Co- like, I think her internal sort of process yeah. would have been the same. He was like, I know exactly what I need to go buy. Please come with me. Or not even right. please. He wouldn't have said please. Uh, right. But yeah, it was weird that it was like, I need your help to buy something. Oh, I didn't actually need your help. Uh, It was was like, it was a lie for no
1: reason. Yeah. And I think, I think when you start to lie for no reason, it shows that you have habitually lied in the past.
0: Mm. So
1: like when you choose to like, you don't have to lie to get somebody to go. Like he could have said, Hey, I want to go to the store and I want you to come with me. Can you, can you go shopping with me? Um, as easy as that. Mm-hmm. and she probably would have still gone. Yeah. Or, hey, I want to take you to get a burger. Um, and she probably would have still gone. Just a minute, I need it. And, and um, she probably would have still gone. And he could have still bought her the burger. But um, I feel like he lied because he felt like she was going to um, benefit. And she was going to be more willing to go. Um,
0: it's, yeah, it's another example of his, like, attempted emotional manipulation. Like, I need your help uh, in this moment. Uh, uh, like, that yeah. I didn't actually need your help. Uh,
1: yeah. And and then, then him saying, like, oh, I just wanted an excuse to see you. Uh, gets her hopes up. It gets her hopes up that he really does like her. Mm-hmm. And that he really wanted to see her. Um, when he really didn't. Need to say that um, he could have easily just said like, "Hey, I thought we could be friends. Let's." When I wanted to hang out with you, um, and so, like, I just feel like he, I feel like he manipulated it all the way around. And when you have a manipulator like that, um, they continue to manipulate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: um okay, so then they, they go to the burger place and he orders for her and yes. doesn't let her.
0: I don't need a menu. Like, I come here all the time.
1: Okay, you just moved here. <laughs> I'm glad you come here all the time.
0: Well, <laughs> we find out later he does go there all the time. <laughs> just well, not yes. Here in time.
1: yes, yes. Um and the fact that he um that he doesn't let her look at it. Yeah. Like that's very controlling. I mean, James orders for me at restaurants, my husband. Uh, He knows what I like at fast food restaurants. So if we're going to go pick up food, like he'll order for me. But never do we go into a restaurant and him like, tell me, oh, you don't need the menu. I'll order for you. (laughs) Like, this is his first time going with her there. And so um, I feel like him saying like, oh, you don't need the menu. I'll order for you. If they had gone before and he knew what she liked and he knew that she um wanted to um can you still hear me sorry yeah
0: yeah you're fine okay
1: knew that she wanted to we can take um, a break
0: if you need to attend to the little one he's okay okay just let me know
1: i can i can t- attend to him while we're talking too
0: yeah you're doing fine <laughs> just uh, if you need a break don't worry about it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. um and they had gone out previously and she had ordered something and he had been like oh i know what you want to order um no big deal but they hadn't ever gone out before Uh and he's just like oh i'll order for you any of my friends doing that would have been like uh uh yeah no you're not ordering for me you don't know what i like i would have looked at him and i would have said huh yeah right that's not happening um so that that really bothered me because even my husband doesn't do that at restaurants um (laughs) And so, for the fact that he did that as a 16 year old to a 13 year old, that just bothers me to no end.
0: Yeah, I love looking at menus and restaurants. It's one of my great joys. Don't take that away from me.
1: Right? I like to see what they put in everything. Yeah. I like to see what they, what they, all the flavors they add together. And, you know, maybe she had a very specific meal that she liked there
2: mm-hmm. that
1: she, um, that she always orders. And you've just taken that away from her. Um, so that once again, falls under that abuser controller situation. Um, you think, you know, what's best and you're controlling the situation. Maybe you have a limited amount of food, of money. Um, but then just tell me that, tell me like, Hey, we can only get, you know, small items because I'm on a budget, Mm -hmm. whatever. That's the other thing. He's a 16 year old. He doesn't seem to have a job and he just spending money like it's going out of style.
0: Did he pay for her? I I was looking for that, and I feel like it wasn't specifically mentioned. Um, Um, Because I was waiting, this kind of guy, I was like, he's going to make her pay, or something like that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think he did pay, or at least they split it. I don't think it was mentioned.
1: Yeah, something like that. (laughs) You're okay. Um, The other thing is, is that then he goes off on his little monologue. I need to take a break. Just a okay, yeah, no problem. We'll
0: pause it right here. So they're going to finish up their little sh- shopping and burger bite adventure. And unfortunately, her mom came home early today. Sharon and Richard are already at the house when Don arrives back home. And it's a big fight. The whole thing is a big fight because Marianne told them she went off with a boy after school. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, as a parent, I think I would be nervous if um, I heard from one of my children that the other sibling had gone off with somebody in a car that I didn't know, yeah, of course, um, and they're just now getting home and it's a little late, um, you know. And obviously, like while she was gone, there was some things that he talked to her about uh, that he wanted to push her to do. Nice. Uh, you mentioned the earring, yeah, the earrings. Why would any 16-year-old boy think that he could say, sorry, I'm going to just backtrack a little bit because this is a a big thing. Why would any 16-year-old boy tell a 13-year-old girl that she could just get another hole pierced in her ear right there? (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: no problem. He's not even even 18. And uh, you have to be either 18 to sign your own papers or you have to have somebody over 18 who can legally prove that they are, um, that you're not doing it under duress
2: mm, to get a yeah. piercing.
1: Even even now in this day and age, um, I did not get my ears pierced till I was 18. Um, not because of anything, except that my parents wanted it to legally be my decision. Mm. They didn't want, they didn't take me to get my ears pierced when I was younger. They wanted me to be able to sign all the paperwork. They wanted it to be my choice. Um, because it is a permanent change to my body. And so, um, even if I wanted to do it at 16, my dad said, well, I really like you to wait till you're 18. Then you can just legally do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I went at 16, my mom would have had to go with me and my mom would have had to sign all that paperwork as my legal guardian. Um, even in this day and age, anybody who is under age has to have an adult. An 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. So it cracked me up that he's like, Oh, they can do it right here as a 16-year-old. And I'm like, they wouldn't let you who are you gonna find to sign the papers? They wouldn't let him sign the papers. Mm. Um, so maybe and, they're and running a sort of a
0: shady operation there at the merry-go-round.
1: Mary, maybe, <laughs> and that he even suggested it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I was I, I wrote down like, is this guy for real? <laughs> like you're telling her to get a third hole. A third one, yeah. like. I mean, you're crazy. Um, so yeah, a big fight. And I think it's legit. I think that Richard has every right to be concerned mm-hmm. about uh, her going off with a 16-year-old in his car Yeah. Um, that they don't know. I think that her mom...
0: Uh, she kind of loses her nerve, Sharon. She like starts on the same page as Richard. And then she's like, well, maybe we are making too much of this. And then they the parents start fighting.
1: Yes. And, and the parents arguing, I don't know. I grew up in a house where my parents didn't argue. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: they had discussions, but they typically had them behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah. um, and and this is what we tell our kids. My kids will be like, mommy, are you and daddy arguing? And we don't. I say we have discussions. And typically, my kids have no clue that we're having a discussion. Mm -hmm. Uh, It happens through facial features. It happens through, um, well, text messages. Um, (laughs) But but it's the mark of a healthy
0: relationship that you can. It is. Yes, that you can talk
1: things out. Yes, Um, And and I think that it's great. I, I think that part of this argument that they talk about I I don't feel like it was necessarily a huge argument I feel like it was more of a discussion about how they wanted to proceed um but I also think that it comes from having um step a stepdad um Mm he's he's not being overly controlling he's not like criticizing her uh Sharon he legitimately, I think, wants to protect her daughter. And um, I think that it's a good, um, I, th- I think that the discussion that the two parents are going to have, obviously they don't go into a lot of detail, but I think it's a good thing for the parents to discuss how they feel about this.
2: Right.
1: Um, and then I feel like they should come back to Don. And I think they do. Uh, they come back to Dawn to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's always good.
0: Um, Yeah, I thought thought Richard struck a good balance for being in the the tough position of being the stepdad. Um, And especially at a time when this is still relatively new uh, for this this new blended family. It's not like they've been working through this dynamic for years. So um, yeah, I thought Richard did a good job. And even the Sharon thing is very in character for Sharon um, because in earlier books they often discuss how Dawn is really like Dawn is the authority figure when it was just her and her mom. Her mom is sort of like scattered, doesn't have a lot of rules. Um, and Dawn has to kind of keep the household running. You know, Sharon's from California, Renee. So you have to uh make some allowances for her. Um but yeah, I, I thought everyone, I don't know. <laughs> I thought everyone was well in character in the way that it uh, and even the thing where Marianne felt bad that she told like quote unquote told on Dawn. Uh, and Don was originally like upset, but then they sort of talked it out. And she's like, yeah, I guess you did do the right thing. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think that like when she talks about the presents um, that her mom's like, I don't think I like the idea of this. Um, I think that's a legit statement. Right. Like something's not right. Parents often know that. Um, I mean, the 16 year old guy started off by giving your daughter gifts and telling her to change her hair. Mm -hmm. And then took her in his car and told her to pierce her ear or her ears. He bought her. They're not, they're not small gifts. It's not like, oh, a 16 year old who gave me a nice pen, Mm -hmm. like a necklace and hair combs and earrings. Like those are, even if they're only $5, those are big gifts.
0: Yeah. Jewelry too. Jewelry means something.
1: Yeah. And that could make, and that's, you know, leading Don on to feel like he really likes her. Um, So I can see how that can be. um, And and one of the things that is very common in a controller or abuser situation is extravagant gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, They try to make you feel better with the gifts they give you. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet then, like, it's, it's, I mean, and I'm not, it's something that is very common, even in a psychological realm. Um, they try to buy your love or your um, loyalty. They try to buy your loyalty with extravagant gifts. And yet they still come back to that uh, nature of being an abuser or a controller. Um, So, oh, here, here's some earrings and I'm so sorry for what I did. And then yet they come back and they do it again. Um, And so there's a pattern. He gave gifts, he asked her to change. He bought her a gift, he asked her to change. Um, And she's feeling this pressure to do what he's asking because he's buying her something. Um,
0: You've got Travis all figured out, Renee, this is great.
1: Well, I have some counseling background. There you go. My my AirPods might die. So I might have to go to my computer microphone but my house is pretty quiet. So just letting you know.
0: Okay, yeah, thank you.
1: Um, yeah, so, I don't know, I feel like the problem is, is that, as Richard says, he's too old for her by three years, Yeah. and he's, he's doing things that put up red flags for any, um, for any parent.
0: Yeah, this guy's a walking red flag. Yes. I don't think he does anything that isn't a red flag. (laughs) Right, right.
1: Yeah. Um. So,
0: yeah, and that's, that's kind of where they, they leave it there. Um, And then they have their quiet dinner.
1: Yeah, they have a very quiet dinner um, (laughs) because everybody is kind of, um, everybody is quiet, kind of contemplating what is going on. Um, I think, I, I don't think that mom and Richard not talking during the meal, Sharon and Richard not talking during the meal is necessarily a bad thing. I think yeah. that they needed to step away from the conversation, uh, figure out where they both stood, come mm-hmm. back to the conversation with each other, and then be able to come to Don. Um, a, a uniform front is what you as parents want to have. And so I feel like they were working towards that. Um,
0: yeah. Do yeah. they ever come back to that conversation and I just missed it? Because it seems like mostly it's through the babysitter's club that Don kind of figures out what to do with Travis.
1: Yeah, I don't know that they ever come back to talk to her. Um, yeah, and I, I guess that's, I guess that's a little bit of a hole in the parenting. Like I feel like they should have figured out what they were doing and then come back and yeah. addressed it with her um, as the parents. I think that that would have been a really good write-in uh, for kids at this age who are reading this book to say like, "Hey." Maybe I should talk to my parents. Right. And then maybe I should go back and make sure that I'm doing what they want me to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. But her friends kind of step in and. Oh, they yeah, they're going to take
0: care of it. Uh, First there, though, there is the one chapter that is a little bit skippable uh, where Christy is babysitting for her family. They're going to play Karen's game going camping. I love whenever Karen has a game um and there's a lot going on there's maybe a bear in the tents there are earthquakes there are witches
1: okay so I find it really funny that she threw earthquakes in because they're in Connecticut (laughs) and they're not from California or the east coast and not saying the west the sorry they're on the east coast not saying that the east coast doesn't have earthquakes but they're not common yeah I mean I remember a few years ago probably like seven or eight years ago now, Delaware had an earthquake and my sister lived there and like her building was like evacuating. <laughs> and my sister's like climbing under her desk. Right. Because California, she knows what to do.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, her building's evacuating in the middle of the earthquake.
2: Yeah, and like, to do, right.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Cause if the building collapses and you're moving, you're no. stuck. You're good. You get under, you get under firm surface and stay there typically a table or a door jam away from windows all that okay um that that they that she wrote in an earthquake I think could throw some people uh I I think that it's fun it's fun imagination but it kind of threw me I'm like why didn't she write in a hurricane like that's (laughs) what they get
0: I mean, to be fair, it doesn't seem like Karen really knows how an earthquake works. Like she's saying to right. hold hands so we're not sucked out by the earthquake or something. Right. So. She's,
1: she's thinking like a tornado. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So um, yeah, that chapter was um, It was a good chap, It was a cute chapter. But yeah, I feel like it wasn't overly relative to the storyline.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- uh, would you like to play going camping? <laughs>
1: You know, I probably played it at some point as a kid. <laughs> yeah, We probably played it at grandma's house.
0: That makes sense.
1: With the playhouse.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had like a very I bougie mean, camping experience because we had the playhouse outside.
1: We had the playhouse. <laughs> yeah, The playhouse is fabulous and I have great memories about the playhouse. Yeah. It's full of um, Christmas
0: decorations now.
1: I know. How sad. Um, <laughs> if grandma ever moves off that property, one of us had better move that playhouse, like move it to my parents' backyard or something.
0: Is it a portable um, structure? I guess you could get it, right?
1: Well, you you would have to pay money, but I mean, they yeah. move whole houses that are not portable structures. That's so true. you would have to pay to move it, but it's not huge. I mean, like yeah, you can it's, do it. it's a good size, but yeah. Um, Sorry. Playhouse. Great <laughs> memories there. Um, we got in trouble for a few things in that playhouse, but, um, yeah, we We did get to sleep out there and that's when we got in big trouble.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If Jacqueline, Jamie, Rebecca, and Jennifer are listening to this podcast, um, we got in trouble for putting the mattress up above the, the, uh, the porch hangover. Yes. We, we put the mattress up there and somebody came out while we were in the process of doing that and they were like that's not supported for people's weight and so they made us take it down
2: wow
1: uh that was also the time that we played truth or dare double dare and (laughs) ran outside of the playhouse and things like that at two in the morning
0: Uh um (laughs) that's cute
1: great memories
0: great memories that's really cute
1: um
0: yeah so yeah going camping uh, so then more time back to the Hobarts this time Don gets to be there um, I like when they're debating how good of an actor the dog is uh, yeah. is Chewie a good actor or not and someone says that dog can't act which uh, made me laugh um, and then yeah it's just more of the same where Zach shows up he's like this is stupid come do some guy stuff with me uh, and where he really gets James is kids think you're weird everyone at school is going to think you're weird if you're doing this James is like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to be weird. I guess I better do what you say, Zach. Uh, yeah. No good.
1: Um, well, and I think that I think that throwing out that statement, like kids are going to think you're weird. Um, I think Zach is exhibiting his own discomfort with the situation.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
1: trying to, um, convince James to come play with him, and um, obviously kids at school are going to think you're weird is a statement that's going to get any kid. Like, I don't want to be weird. Mm -hmm. So, um, James is automatically going to respond to that. Um, it's, I don't think that Zach in this situation is like Travis in that he's trying to control him, but I do think that Zach is following a pattern of, um, insecurity He's not comfortable with what James is doing. And so he's projecting his own insecurity onto James. Um, And, uh, you know, he makes the statement like, oh, you can change all that. You just have to do things differently. And you can start right now. Um, Obviously, that's a mantra we hear all the time. You can do, you can change, you know, just start right now. And I do think, I do think that change is a choice. You make a choice to change. But I don't think that um, it's an instant uh, transformation, and uh, I don't think that it's one that James needed to do. James was being creative, and maybe James grows up and he is a playwright. Yeah. And this was his start. Um, you know, there was nothing wrong with what he was doing, and. I think if one of my kids came home and said, my friend at school told me I was going to be weird for this play. I would have looked at my child and I would have said, it's not weird. They just, they're just, it's just different. They're not used to it. Yeah. Um, so they, they're going to assume it's weird. Um,
0: and Zach doesn't speak for everybody.
1: And Zach does not speak for everybody. So the kids at school can, he can say the kids at school will think you're weird. Maybe he just thinks you're weird and everybody else thinks you're normal. I think Zach or, is weird. What about that? <laughs> right? Right. <see? laughs> um, and, and Zach got what he wanted. He convinced James to come play with him um, with those words. Yeah. Um, I think that James obviously left some disappointed friends because he shook his head and walked away to his bike. Uh, and the other kids were... Sad, um and then don says like why did james let zach talk him to talk to him that way and why was he changing his whole personality to please zach Hmm. yes yes (laughs) and i think right there uh i would have said why am i doing that yeah wait now she doesn't see the correlation and she's disappointed in james Mm -hmm. um But I think that James is an eight-year-old who doesn't necessarily know how to respond to his friend when his friend is calling him weird.
0: Yeah. Um, And the Hobarts, they did just move here. They've already had trouble sort of fitting in. Uh, So James is still in a bit of a fragile place, I think, emotionally.
1: Right. And I I think, too, what we have to remind people and remember for these children is that you don't want people to just fit in. We're all made different for a reason. Because if we were all the same, life would be very boring. Um, and, and not that I love you, but I don't want to be like you. <laughs> I like to be myself. Um, yeah. Jeremy's my cousin. I can say I love him. Um, just yeah. for those who forget. Um, we don't want to all be the same. Our uniqueness is what makes life fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think Zach trying to fit James into a mold uh, of, well, you, I want you to do guy things, or you need to be like the guys. Um, I think that that is, um, I think that that is something that happens a lot. We, we try to put people in this mold. We try to make them be what we want them to be. Um, There's nothing wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong with being who you are, Um, don't let people change you just because they don't like who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you need to choose to change on your own. And that change needs to be because of a specific thing or a purpose, not because you just feel like people want you to change.
0: And now that I'm thinking about it, the fact that James is going through all this and he writes a play called Little Dog Lost. There's a lot of, uh, you know, you could do some literary analysis there of his work and what he's, he's the little dog who feels lost it, yes yeah. yes
1: you could you could become really philosophical with it um obviously you could pull out um the psycho the psychological analysis of uh james writing this play yeah and uh maybe feeling like this this little dog who can't find his way and zach being an antagonist in that you know yeah um you know i don't know the whole play obviously (laughs) uh thankfully i know the i know the part about
0: the shoe salesman (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: um but yeah you know james could be expressing himself kids express themselves in numerous ways and he could be expressing his feelings through this play and maybe nobody has picked up on it
0: yeah Um, i i just thought about that i on my first reading i didn't even consider it yeah all right, so. uh, things are really gonna heat up here where Christy, very casually at the next Babysitter's Club meeting, mentions that Travis <laughs> is dating one of the attractive lifeguards down yes. at the pools, uh, Sarah. The captain
1: learn. of the swim team.
0: Yes, Sarah is her name. And this is, uh, Dawn begins to spiral uh, when she finds out about this. Travis has been leading her on. Um, her ultimate decision is to tail him one day after school.
1: Yes, so you know, I don't know how big Stony Brook is, um, <laughs> but I think as a thirteen-year-old, I would be very nervous to try and tail somebody. Yeah. Um, obviously she's nervous, but um, I don't know. I I think, I think her her wanting to find out what's going on is great, but I also think her following him uh makes me nervous now. I grew up in Southern California and I live in San Francisco. Um, A 13 year old girl walking around by herself, uh, following people, is not the safest situation. Now, obviously, Stony Brook seems to be much safer. Mm -hmm. Um, But even when I was younger in the 90s, um, we had a little bit more freedom, Uh, you know, going to the park down the street or whatever, you know up at grandma's house going to the public pool and the adults were only there because supervision was required. Otherwise they probably would have dropped us off and left us. Um,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, I don't know. I feel like she, she took this little adventure. Uh, I think my parents would have been very concerned
0: mm-hmm. if they
1: found out that I had just followed somebody around <laughs> town.
0: So yeah, I, I, you know, this whole book we're talking about Don is the victim in this book, so I don't want to be yeah. um, saying anything bad about the victim. Right. But over the course of my revisiting the Babysitter's Club series in order, I have come to the conclusion that Don is a little bit of a crazy person. Uh, and, I, and I mean that in like the nicest possible way about the character I read yeah. on the page. Um, Renee, there was a situation a few books ago uh, when Don and Marianne first moved in together
2: uh-huh. where
0: Don said, uh, we should share a room and it'll be great. We'll be best friends and we'll share this room. And then it didn't work out. They fought, it was crowded. And Don was like, oh, this probably isn't a good idea. Marianne should move into the room down the hall. But instead there's this moment where Don is like, oh, but I really don't wanna take any blame for this. I don't want this to be my fault. So she in that book concocts a plan to make, to essentially gaslight Marianne and make Marianne think the room is haunted so that it will be Marianne's idea to move rooms. Yeah. And that's the way the book ends. Don's like, well, I got my way. I didn't have to take any blame. Uh, and like ever since that book, I've really had my eye on Don. And this is just like another like insane plan that Don is coming up with. Yeah. 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 I, know.
1: Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, following. Following is great if you're trained in it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that like you see it in movies all the time, people following and they like casually stop by a lamp post and you know, all that (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's kind of a comedy thing to me whenever somebody starts to follow somebody and is like trying not to be seen. Um, now I, I do like that, uh, you know, she didn't get caught and,
0: um, he wasn't very good at it, but I think Travis no. is so um, unobservant and self-absorbed. I think you know, it would have been hard to get caught.
1: Right, right. And then also like I feel like um, Travis didn't care.
0: Yeah, he's not looking around over his shoulder. Travis
1: really didn't care. Um, Travis didn't care if he got caught. Yeah. because uh, and, and we will find out why later, but he didn't he didn't care if he got caught. so. Um, you know, I, I feel like him taking her to him, Travis going on this date with Sarah, yeah, all in the same they spots. go to the, the burger bite and, and he orders for her same booth, um, which I feel like if, um, yeah, same booth, he orders for her, he buys her earrings, um, which, which kind of makes me laugh because if they've been dating, did he not already do these things?
0: Maybe they just do this like, every day. She gets to yeah. go to the burger bite and then get some uh, oh,
1: Man, he has a lot of money to spend. I, I want to buy in bulk. I think he gets a discount. <laughs> uh, oh man. So like, it kind of makes me laugh. Like they, the way that it's written, is kind of like, this is their first date. Like, they're kind of like their first hangout.
2: Yeah, um, that's a good point. Because
1: that's what he did with with uh, Dawn on the first time he took her out was this. So yeah. why would he have done it first with Dawn and then now he's doing it with his girlfriend? Wouldn't you think he had done it with his girlfriend first and then he did it with
0: Dawn? Yeah. I
1: don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. That's a good um, point. But, it
0: really doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> but the point of it really boils down to that he did the same thing with this other girl who seemed, but he seemed much more engaged with her than he did with Mm dawn um they were holding hands uh you know laughing and talking with their heads close to each other it was he was treating this girl differently than he treated dawn yeah um and they're gonna kiss obviously we come to the culmination of her standing in the bushes (laughs) and which is great um, she barely had time to duck into a bus shelter before they sat down. And then, so uh, <laughs> I guess it's a bus shelter, not the bushes, but still like, you know, she's hiding equally. Violent. Honestly,
0: Yeah.
1: how is she not seen in a bus shelter? Like, I don't know here in San Francisco, they're not exactly private. Yeah. Um, and they kiss and she is heartbroken. Um, mm-hmm. obviously she led. She likes Travis a lot. Yeah. Um and but she stays and she watches them go all the way home. Uh she felt like staying in the bus shelter, says, and <laughs> crying her eyes out.
2: Yeah, poor. But Dawn. she didn't. Uh-huh.
1: Um yeah, so as a 13-year-old girl, she just had her heart shattered by a 16-year-old who acted like he liked her and then didn't. Yeah. Um I think that the thoughts that she has about what happened and how things were going are good thoughts to have. You know, was she too young? Uh was he annoyed with her uh, because she didn't take his advice? So that that thought right there is an a, a controller abusey like the the victim thinking like oh maybe if I had done what he asked he wouldn't have moved on
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so even in that he still did things that are causing her angst uh, with control um, he didn't you find out later he, I guess he didn't really like her um,
0: yeah that's what he says um...
1: but, but he did things that caused her to feel like she wasn't pleasing him because she didn't take his advice so that's interesting
0: yeah i don't think mm, i don't think he would have acted any differently if he had liked her i think is the problem like i think he's right. like oh this is a fun way to get attention and to feel like a big shot um right but he would have i think he would have done the same thing if he had actually been interested in her
1: right right i think no difference yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah, it's just it's just interesting to me that like he acted that way and then really had no plan, right? To move past that.
0: He uh, selfish, yeah. as you were saying earlier. Yes. Just sort of like what would make me feel uh, important and significant in this moment um, yeah. versus any sort of like how is this impacting the other person or what is right. my end game here? Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, it's all gonna then kind of blow up at the next Babysitters Club meeting where she gets really upset. Um, I think they're talking about Travis and Sarah again, and she she's gonna storm out of the meeting, which is pretty rare in the Babysitters Club. Uh, yeah, she's like, "All right, I'm out of here." Uh, and Marianne says, "You should probably just come clean." And she tells the club about it, and they they're all on her side. That Travis, what a jerk! Right. Yeah. And Marianne says, I can set you up with Logan's cousin, Lewis, who's coming to visit.
1: (laughs) Okay. So this is funny because I find Marianne to be the peacemaker and the problem solver. Yeah. Um, She instantly is trying to make things better. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows that Dawn is really liking Travis. She also knows what Travis has now done. Right. And she instantly is trying to redirect and find the happy... um, a happy thing for Dawn to look forward to. Um, she's, yeah. she's the peacemaker. She wants it to w- all work out. And so she's like, Lewis is coming to town. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about Lewis.
0: Yeah, and she's uh, not even being like judgmental about like, uh, Don, don't be so boy crazy. She's like, okay, you want a boy? We'll find you a nice boy. Not, not a Travis boy.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And I think... Um, Yeah, so I think it's interesting, too. Like, the rest of the babysitter club didn't realize that Don had gone out with Travis.
0: Yeah, which is interesting. So
1: Claudia was there when she got in the car, I thought.
0: Oh, yeah, when they pulled up. Oh, that's an interesting point. What was the order of operations there uh, when he abducts her that one time? He Uh. doesn't
1: abduct her? (laughs) When, when When he makes her decide to get in the car
0: yeah well he emotionally abducts her a little yes, bit. yes uh yes. i've got a bet let's see uh what was i waiting for go over to the car stacy says what are you waiting for so stacy's there i think claudia's there too um but then where do they see her leave that is like interesting
1: you would suspect that they did because they were there go over to the car did they just walk away and leave her there like Marianne is aware that she went. So I would assume the others were. But then at the bottom of page 100, Stacey asks like, oh, are you going out with him? Well, I mean, you saw me get in the car with him the one time.
0: Maybe they just took off. Maybe they were like, oh, OK, go talk to him. All right. See you later. See you later. Yeah. maybe. That's, that's, Who knows? Uh, that's interesting. That was a plot hole that I didn't particularly notice.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: a plot third so then,
1: <laughs> Right. Right. So then she talks about how she thinks that he cares about her. And then about her tailing him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would have left that part out, maybe.
1: <laughs> well, she leaves out the part about her parents being angry. So, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. I, so
2: for the most and then part. That, sorry, oh, yeah,
0: go ahead. I was just gonna say for the most part, I really liked this scene because I like to see the rest of the babysitters sort of support her. Um, I feel yeah. like often they, there can be a lot of, as as you mentioned at the top, a lot of drama and infighting. Amongst the babysitters for no real reason. So I like that this was a book where they were all sort of united and helping each other.
1: Yeah. So then like, you know, they ask like, well, why did he lead you on? And they're like, well, he didn't really lead her on. He never really asked her out. And then (laughs) somebody else is like, yeah, but he took her out for burgers and bought her jewelry. Uh, It's like a date. You know, like so they're they're kind of justifying what happened. Some of them are on the side of like, oh yeah, she was dated, she went out on a date with him. Some of them were like, well, you know. And then, um, and then Stacy, the practical one, uh-huh. says, Travis gave Don the idea that he liked her. So he's definitely a creep. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I like, I like the that. fact that they come around to the fact that because Don did hang out with him but he likes this other girl that he is a creep because Mm -hmm. of the way he treated her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times in relationships, you need friends who will support you and not just give you, um, not just tell you what you want to hear, but really like support you in what you're doing Um, and, and speak the truth. Um, So, you know, Let's call him a creep and let's find out what happens now because now we have to deal with Zach and Travis.
0: We're gonna bring the stories together. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We have to figure out if Don is gonna like Lewis.
0: Yes. Um, So uh, Marianne gets to be the lucky one sitting at the Hobarts when they decide it is performance time. Uh, We need an audience. Uh, So we're gonna go call people. We're going door to door. It seems like a big production to get people to come to your play on a 3.30 on a weekday. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, so I was thinking as this was going down that this is hilarious because 3.30 on a weekday, I'm pretty sure half of the people that I would want to come to my play Uh at this age uh, would be at work or not available. Mm -hmm. So that all of these people are available. is very interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I think they say Mrs. Pike is the only parent who is home, right?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. all of these other children are latchkey kids. They're no, just kidding.
0: <laughs> I, that's what Stony Brook is. There's is a booming babysitting industry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're, they're running around without uh, supervision.
0: Yeah.
1: Um,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I don't know. I found it kind of humorous that all of a sudden they wanted to do this play for everybody. So, now we have to get everybody here. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. My kids plan ahead. My kids are like, we're gonna do a play on Monday night. Let's make tickets for everybody. And I'm like, uh, we don't need tickets for everybody. It's Dad and I. Like, you know, there's only two of us in this house. Yeah. Um,
0: Let him make you a ticket. What does it hurt? <laughs> it,
1: it hurts my it hurts my floor because I end up with scraps of paper and colored pencils all over. Because they can't just make a big ticket on one piece of paper. No, they have to make two or three tickets and cut them. Uh-huh. out of the paper and give them designs. And um, yeah. So. Um,
0: They're running no a professional tickets. operation over there.
1: Yes, yes. No <laughs> tickets were given for this play, apparently.
0: <laughs> no, no tickets. Uh, no programs what either. What so, James would have uh, been a great
1: art project.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have taken up a whole other day of babysitting. Um, yeah, James introduces the play. Um, there's some drama with Chewy, uh, the star in the garage. Um, Chewie is in fact a bad actor He acts happy When he's supposed to be acting sad
1: Yeah uh, well he's a dog
0: He's a dog and uh, Zach shows up Marianne seats him all the way in the back uh, and,
1: Smart Marianne
0: Yes the play is Mostly a success but Zach Is still being old creep
1: yeah, Zach's like Travis
0: Yeah well, ah, well that's where Marianne <laughs> Is going to come to the realization yes. of. Zach So like Zach Travis.
1: Zach is the miniature form of Travis. And if Zach is allowed to continue on the road that he's on with his attitude towards other people, Zach will become the 16-year-old version. Um, I think that sometimes we forget that kids are not um, they are not mindless. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and their actions, if they're not taught differently, if they're allowed to continue on the road that they're on, Uh, those do become habits and manifest themselves um, as adults. And I don't think that, um, I don't think it's the babysitter's place, obviously to address Zach. I think it's his parents' place. Um, But I think somebody needs to make his parents aware of how he's treating people. Mm -hmm. Um, As a mom, I always want people to come to me and tell me if my kids are not treating others politely. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to teach them. I want to um, address their kindness or their not kindness, Mm -hmm. their meanness, because that is the only way that they will learn. Um, So yeah, Zach Zach being mean is, um, it's sad. And I I like the fact that Marianne observes the fact that um, Zach is still wanting James to change and um, that she, that he, is still being mean, um, that he is still using words to manipulate how James is feeling.
0: Um,
1: Marianne addresses that, or, or she writes it in the notebook. Right. Um, that
0: I, I just want to point out something, and this isn't really thematic, <laughs> but something really interesting that happens here that happens. I can count on one hand the number of times I've seen it in the babysitter's club, uh-huh. where Marianne. These books are always written from the perspective of the person who it's about, right? Yeah. So this is about Don, and then all the chapters where Don isn't there, it's usually like the the conceit is that like, oh, Christy wrote about you know <laughs> playing going camping in the book, so that's how I know everything that's going to happen in this chapter. But it's still sort of like from Don's perspective, right? It's like, and then Christy did this, and then they said this. There's a moment in this chapter where the, the phrase is like, and then Marianne thought of Dawn. I thought that was really weird because then like, who's narrating this chapter? If it isn't done, like, how do we know? It, it just, it, 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 stood out to me. It's probably like a very minor thing, but it stood out to me reading all of these books when there is that, like yeah. that shift in subjects. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So instead of it being like Marianne thought of me, yeah, because if Dawn is writing or narrating, right, uh, you would think that she would put that in there. Um, it, it is interesting because yeah. all of a sudden it's like Marianne is, it's like, there's no, no narrator.
0: We lost our anchor like across Marianne the book. Marianne
1: thought of Dawn. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Who is writing that? Is it because Dawn is the one that the perspective is from in the entire book. So yeah, that is an, an interesting point. Um, I wonder if it was just a slip of of author and editor not catching it, or if it really was on purpose as in like, there's not a clear uh, narrator for this part because Marianne didn't talk to Don about it. So Don doesn't know Marianne thought of her.
0: They've done this before where like, let's say Christy is narrating the book and Christy gets in a fight with Marianne. Um, mm-hmm. And then there'll be like a chapter about a Marianne babysitting job that, and and they'll put something in like, oh, I found this all out later after we had made up, but like here's what Marianne was thinking. So I just thought it was okay. interesting they weren't like, and I found out later this is what Marianne yeah. thought of me or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a it's a nerdy it's thing to point out, but I I did no. I did notice it.
1: From somebody who reads the books all the time <laughs> and is doing a podcast, it's a great thing to point out.
0: That's the content. Um, That's right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Marianne is going to then write in the club notebook
1: about this. And and I think that Marianne writes great, like Travis is trying to change you and uh, you're great the way you are. Uh, Please don't let him change you. Um, I think that a lot of times we try to please people and when we're willing to, uh, or we see others trying to please somebody or change for somebody, And when we're willing to step out and say, hey, you are the way you are and you are perfect the way you are. You don't need to change to be, uh, it's a very common thing with kids. You don't need to change to be accepted. Um, I want my children to learn, and this is something that we talk about. I want them to be includers. I want them to learn that no matter what the other child looks like, acts like, smells like, they need to be included. Um, if you see a child at school on the playground who is not being played with, you go play with them. You go include them. Um, don't, if the other kids are making fun of them, you make sure that you tell them that they are fine the way they are. They don't need to change. You don't join in making fun of them, but they don't need to change, um, to be your friend, that you are going to be their friend no matter what. Um, I think a lot of times us as adults see children acting that way and we don't want them to act that way, yet we act that way. Uh, We want people to change to be our friend and or to um, enjoy time with us. And it's not right. Um, We need to accept people how they are and not expect change. Um, I think if Travis had come to Dawn and said, hey, I think you're a great girl. I want to be your friend. And didn't come with all of these um things, um there wouldn't have been a book, <laughs> there wouldn't have been a storyline. Right. Um, he was an older person who had the ability to um to manipulate her or to influence her, influence her, and he used it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no. Know? He could have totally influenced her in a very positive way of, hey, I like your hair color. Have you ever considered trimming it so you have some layers?
2: Yeah.
1: Boom. Conversation done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I just feel like kids need to be reminded that they are great and you don't need to change to be somebody's friend.
0: And it's unfortunate so, there's always going to be these Travises and Zachs lurking around. So uh, I guess it's I know. I guess it's good that we're learning how to deal with them.
1: It's good conversation for kids to learn. And I think that that's one of the things that these books do have as a positive is that they do bring up good conversations for parents and, um, and teenagers or pre teenagers or uh, young, young kids who are reading them. Yeah, Uh, they definitely do bring up good topics for them to talk about. So
0: Yeah, uh, that's what we love about the Babysitter's Club, when it's done well, Mm -hmm. when it's done well. Um, So yeah, uh, now Dawn is going to have a plan to confront Travis in front of Sarah. Um, She forgets that Travis has the endless confidence of someone who is very self-centered. I think she's looking for a reaction that Travis is never going to have. Right. (laughs) Regardless of what Travis's own actions have been. She's able to once again, duck out of middle school early. She's had a lot of good luck with getting to leave the middle school early when she needs to, which is not something that happens a lot.
1: (laughs) I mean, like I went to a private school and school was out when school was out, but um, yeah, I feel like she gets this luck of like, I don't know how, how prominent it is in in public school or middle school, but um, even our private Christian school has a set time that you get to leave class and you don't get to leave class early at the end of the day, just because you finished your test. Like you are required to stay. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a high school thing or more of a high school thing. I actually <laughs> feel like it's 100% a college thing. It's really like, a college oh, thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're taking a
1: test and you're done and you're free to go when you're done. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely a college thing for most high schools. Um, unless you're a senior I don't know that you have the privilege of just leaving property when you're done with a test. Like typically, even if you finish your test, you have to wait for the bell. Yeah. So, um, we're saying like a liability thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this this we had a quiz and the teacher said we could leave as soon as we handed in our papers. Um, I feel like she's getting off on a college level there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're 13, yeah. and your parents have to pick you up or allow you to walk home at a certain time, or you ride the bus, whatever right? So yeah. I feel like that was a little bit um, loose in their rules. Of course, it's Stony Brook, so who knows, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe they just let their their young junior hires wander
0: town. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a lot of freedom in Stony Brook.
1: Uh, apparently.
0: Uh, yeah, so this is where she's gonna, I didn't write down all the details of this, but it's basically the same where Travis is hanging out with Sarah again, uh, and Don uh, sort of like pops out at them. I think when they're at the merry-go-round, where he always buys his earrings. Uh, yeah,
1: they were holding he, the sidewalk sale. He hit it up.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Travis grins at Don. Uh, he's like, "Oh, hey, Don, what's up?" And this is Don's first indication she's not going to get the reaction that she wanted. Uh, and I think Sarah says something like, "Oh, this is the little girl you were telling me about, right?" Yeah.
1: Yeah, rough. Yeah.
0: Really rough. Um.
1: um. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that Sarah and Travis obviously have been talking, mm-hmm. and Travis has been telling Sarah all about his project, mm-hmm. and his project is to control this thirteen-year-old. Uh, I think that if I was Sarah, I would be a little nervous about that um,
0: because see, if Sarah seems cool with it. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: I understand that, but. If I, was, if I was the girlfriend and my boyfriend was telling me about this 13-year-old girl that he's giving fashion tips to and asking to cut her hair for me, yeah. like, oh, I want her to cut her hair for me, um, I think that uh, that would be a, a big red flag. Like, um, this is not a relationship I want to be in. And, and even you see it a little bit higher up where they're looking at earrings.
0: Yes, of course.
1: And Travis is pointing to a pair of gold ones. And Sarah says, I like the silver ones better. Um, and then you see that Sarah changes to hold up a pair of gold ones. Mm-hmm. So she is already in that I want to please you mode. Uh, and I feel like that's, that's a very... Um, precarious place to be for Sarah uh, yeah. even if she is 16. My um, guess
0: is Travis acts exactly the same around Sarah as he does with Dawn so if she is right. not doesn't have a problem with that I think she's probably yeah. they're made for each other perhaps. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and and then you know obviously Sarah says like
0: <laughs> turn her little girl yeah
1: and honestly as a 13 year old to a 16 year old you are a little girl like you are, you are younger. And um, I don't think Travis calling her a little girl is a derogatory remark necessarily, except that he was trying to change her. And she saw it as him liking her and not as like him him telling her these things because he liked her and not as just like this project of somebody that he was trying
0: to Change. Any reference to immaturity is the worst thing you can call someone in the babysitter's club. But it's like yeah. a, a standard across the year. Babyish is like the, the meanest thing you can say about it Of course.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, my 10 year old doesn't like to be called a little boy. Right. But, but, um, relatively he speaking, still, <laughs> he is still a little boy compared to a 16 year old.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, in relativity, yes. Um, now, obviously, he's a big boy and, we don't we don't try to use the word little um with our kids we always use like the phrase like oh you're such a cute little man um not because we didn't like the word boy just because yeah. it's what we use yeah. um give him something to aspire yeah, to yeah, yeah 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 um so it's just interesting like i understand it being derogatory uh to her because she wants to be seen as a um she wants to be seen as seen as mature. She wants to be seen as not a girl, uh, even, even junior high girls would want to be acknowledged as maybe a lady or a woman,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, probably a lady more than a woman at that point, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what, uh, phraseology they prefer, but, um, to be called little, I mean, I'm short, I'm petite, I'm small. I've always been called little, um, I really prefer cute over little if you really <laughs> want to call me something but uh-huh. I am little I'm I'm short I'm little and so but to be called a little girl would would be derogatory right at 16 but yeah. at 13 you're kind of at that in between you're yeah. still a girl you're not quite you know grown but
0: yeah yeah uh, I love when Sarah says oh I'm sure you're turning her into quite a beauty and Don says I was already a beauty.
1: Uh, yes. Good for okay. you,
0: Don, that was my favorite part
1: yes. of the book. <laughs> yes. I, well, and you know where she says, I suppose it was a very conceited thing to say. I don't think it was. Um, I think that I think that all girls need to have this confidence given to them. Yeah. I think that all of them need to be taught, um, boys and girls. I think they all need to be taught that you are good looking. You are beautiful. Um, I don't. I think Sarah's statement of you turned her into a real beauty. Um, is, is derogatory. That's, that's very much an in your face of saying like, she wasn't pretty before you started working with her. And Travis didn't do anything. Travis didn't take her to get a makeover or highlights in her hair. Um, He just told her that she needs to get another piercing in her ear and that she needed to wear her hair away from her face. Um, So her saying I was already a beauty shows great confidence and confidence is what we want girls to have. We want them to be confident. We want them to be willing to stand up for themselves. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Boys too. I want my boys to stand (laughs) up for themselves. I want my boys to be able to tell somebody like, I am good looking. Whether you think it or not, that's a a good confidence booster. Yeah. 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 So that she says that, I don't think it was conceited. I think that, I think Travis is conceited in that he thought that he was changing her.
0: Mm -hmm. He's conceited in a lot of ways, this guy.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yes, we, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So is, uh, she goes back home kind of upset, has another nice talk with Marianne, which was nice. Marianne sort of points her to the club notebook. They have a conversation yeah. about My Fair Lady. You like that movie?
1: You know, I've watched it. I will admit I watched <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite, uh-huh. but um, I think that it's a classic. And I think that um, I think that it really does teach Um, the fact that who you are is unique to you and nobody should try to change that. Um, you should not have to change to be accepted into society. You should not have to change to be accepted as a friend. You should not have to change, uh, or fit a stereotype. Um, and, and so I'm going to kind of bring that around to, All of the stereotypical things that they have in here about California. Um, Oh, uh you should not have to try and fit into that Uh to be considered Californian. Um, To tell somebody I'm a California girl doesn't mean you have to have blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, I have great friends who are dead to the level ground California girls Mm -hmm. uh, who are Filipino. Filipino. And so I feel like um, you should never have to fit a mold to label yourself as something, um, if that makes sense. And yeah. so I feel like the movie My Fair Lady brings that around because in the end, she does not necessarily fit the full mold. She doesn't. She she comes to the place where she says, "I don't care what you think." <clears throat> I have to be myself. Um, and really that is the end point of that movie. Um, and of course, everybody knows from that movie, the rain in Spain stays <laughs> me in the plane and she can't say it right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, I just feel like it's a great comparison because he tries to change her. And um, in the end, she doesn't fit what he wants.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I feel like, the whole California stereotype. You can ask me if I know a movie star. And I've I've been there. I guess that's the biggest passion to me. I have gone to other states in the Midwest or in the East. And I have been asked, is that your real hair color? <laughs> as, a, as, as a high schooler, I was asked, is that your real hair color? That's
2: kind of rude. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, because what they know of California is from the movies. Right. Um, I've also been asked, do you know how to surf? no um do i go to the ocean every day no (laughs) um i've also been asked do you see movie stars all the time no (laughs) um they are very stereotypical things and so i feel like it's just a great like drawdown to the point of don't try to put people in a mold don't try to make it stereotypical for this thing you know
0: yeah um i didn't think about that comparison in this book but yeah you're right on
1: um, and so I, I feel like that's a theme all the way through because it starts with it. She's from California. It describes her yeah. and then Travis comes about and tries to change. And then they bring in my fair lady. Um, and so it kind of all boils down to let's let people be who they are without trying to change them <laughs> and let's love and like them the way they are without telling them they have to be different, yeah. um, for that, you know? So, Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, great summary there. Um, I don't have a ton else left for this book. Uh, she does have the moment where she calls Travis, uh, and he's just sort of like, what, what are you talking about? He's uh, so
1: clueless, which I feel <laughs> like is very normal for a 16 year old girl, yeah. uh, for a 16 year old boy, boy. Yeah. the boy. Um,
0: Really, all a lot of 16 year olds are clueless, regardless of gender.
1: <laughs> right. Um, I do like the wording that she used and that she tells him, like, you hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was being honest about the fact that the way that he told her um, how to do things was hurtful.
0: Yeah. Um, you a good job there, sort of like laying out yeah. her feelings based yeah. on his absence.
1: And then then he's like, "Oh, you're a great-looking girl. I just figured you could use a few suggestions on how to dress and do your hair." Okay, she's a 13-year-old, and those suggestions should come from her friends and her parents.
2: Yeah. And uh, they shouldn't be unsolicited. Guy. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes,
1: not not for anything in return, which I feel like he wasn't necessarily trying to get anything in return, mm-hmm. but he bought her all these gifts to convince her. Um and you know, she's like, it was more than a few. And I feel like I can like hear a 13 year old girl saying like, it was more than a few, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, and that she took everything personally. And she just laid that out for him. I took everything you told me personally, and I was trying to please you. And I think right there is a very good point to make of a controller abuser and the victim, the victim tries to please. And that really, it does boil down to that. You were telling me things and I liked you and I wanted you to like me. So I was trying to please you. And that's not how relationships are. That's not healthy. Um, you shouldn't try to please somebody. Somebody shouldn't try to change you to make you what they want you to be. Mm -hmm. Um, he, I guess, didn't know that that's what he was doing and tells her don't make a big deal out of it. But that is going to cause him huge, huge problems in the future if he doesn't acknowledge the fact that that's what he did. Um, All of his relationships are going to look like this controller relationship if he does not acknowledge that uh, he is trying to change that person or that that person has to do everything that he likes
0: to be in a relationship with him. We can only hope Travis learned something from this, but I don't have my hopes necessarily. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but Don did learn. Yes. And, um, you know, hopefully it helps Don in the future.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, she says goodbye to Travis and that he finds the perfect girl. Um, I hope that he finds the perfect girl, but that it's the girl who doesn't have to change for him. Right.
0: Yeah. I don't like the, I don't like this, Sarah. She seems a little too, uh, too yeah. much of an enabler of his bad habits, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She didn't tell him to stop trying to help Don. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't like. Yeah,
0: it. Uh, Marianne sent Lewis Don's picture, and he wrote her a letter yes. with his picture. And yes. he, Don says he's good looking, and it was a nice letter. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and that Lewis is going to come visit, and that they want to hang out. Um, yeah, there was a cute so exchange
0: I, between the letters there. Uh, back and yeah. Forth between
1: Yeah. And I do feel like, um, if you can become friends with somebody, so here's one of my biggest, uh, encourage, encouraging things for the end of this book is don't just, don't just start a relationship with somebody, become friends with them. Um, friendship is what creates the basis for any relationship, whether it's a good friendship or a deep, uh, like a marriage or a, um, a partnering of any form, uh, friendship is really what drives that. If you're not friends with them, um, then your relationship is gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. So I like that she um, that she's willing to reach out to Lewis. And that she has a picture of him so you can see what he looks like. He knows what she looks like. Mm -hmm. And um, that, you know, Marianne is really only asking for them to be friends.
0: Right. Just to go out with her and Logan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And not necessarily double date. Just, just be friends.
0: Yeah. I liked to read about the pre-social media form of like, send a picture, write a letter, wait four days to get your response.
1: (laughs) Oh, Jeremy. Um, This is my life. (laughs) You know, when when my husband and I started to date and uh, hang out, get to become friends, we had email. um, But none of like the big social media stuff. Um, It was when MySpace was a big deal and I had no interest in MySpace. Um, and so we would, text messaging was not like you paid for text messages on your little T9 phone.
0: Yeah. They were expensive. Um,
1: Yeah. And so we actually did write letters. Um, he was in college and he lived close by. And so we would, uh, write, a you know, throughout the week we would write letters and then we'd hand each other like a stack of little letters on, like when we saw each other Uh and then we would write back to each other. So, um, we have some of those. So that's sweet. Yeah. It's. I think for kids now, uh, if you write a letter to somebody, I think it has a lot more influence than a text message. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your handwriting for one, which mm-hmm. is very rare these days. And for two, it means that you took the time to actually like sit down and think about what you were gonna do, mistakes and all. So yeah, yeah it's fun, fun.
0: Yeah, no, I like She to... wrote him back. He's, and he seems like a nice guy. He was joking around about California stereotypes. <laughs> yeah yeah. Kentucky stereotypes grits and a hound dog named Bo
1: yeah you know (laughs) um I think every state has some form of stereotype yeah but uh I do think that uh we need to be careful especially with our children uh you know we want to and I don't want to get all political or whatever there's no political here but um we want to teach our kids that people are people uh, it doesn't matter their race or their country of origin or um, the way they talk, the way they look, the way they dress. We want to teach them that people are people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I like that they can joke about the stereotypes uh, just like we have today about California for sure. Yeah. And you know, that granola, I'm going <laughs> to go have some for lunch. No, just yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have
0: it for lunch and dinner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but that, you know, Ultimately, it boils down to Don needed to learn that who she was was who she needed to be. She didn't need to change for anybody. Yeah. Um, and that if somebody likes her, they should accept her for how she is and not try to change her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what we really want our kids to learn. And we want them to be willing to open up those conversations with their parents about it. Um,
0: yeah, it was so. a good message. Yeah. Well, I think, and that I, I think that's Don in the older boy. boy. Yeah.
1: We just need to say goodbye to him and get him out of here. Put him away. Yeah. yeah.
0: He better not come back, Travis. I'm gonna keep my eye out for him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don and the older Alderbar- boy. I think we did it, Renee.
1: Yay. Um, well, thank can- you so much for including me.
0: Yeah, well, we 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 have a few more things at the end here if you will indulge yeah. me. I always of like course. we talked about it a little bit. I always like to talk about the cover art on the book here. We already talked about how old he looks.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like she looks a little older than 13, too. She does. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel like she looks a little bit more college age than 13, but, um, yeah.
0: It, who are all these run amok children that are around <laughs> <on> the cover?
1: <laughs> I don't know, because they're supposed to be at that burger place, okay, yeah. and it's really funny because they ordered grilled cheese but he has a burger in front of him
0: i did notice that as well yeah uh
1: and and her drink is smaller than his just just observation here just to be silly
0: that sounds Uh, like travis ordering a smaller drink for the for the lady yeah no when i first Um, saw this cover i thought the story was going to be um don is babysitting these kids and then is being like neglectful because she's so boy crazy like she right. has nothing to do with these children in, in
1: the story, right? I mean, I think the one behind her blowing a spitwad at her is great. Yeah. Um, that will be real fun to dig out of her hair later. But yeah, no, she wasn't. She wasn't babysitting at all uh, when they went out to this place, and so
2: yeah,
1: um, I do feel like the cover might be a little deceiving. Um, <laughs> you know, she she did babysit, but she babysat what once in the entire book.
0: Yeah, she um, took a turn with the Hobards.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so um, maybe they could have done a little bit better with the art, the cover of the book. But um, I, th- I think that that for sure, uh, the kids running amok created a, a much more friendlier
0: cover. Um, yeah, maybe they were afraid it was going to look too much like a Harlequin romance if it was just her and the boy.
1: <laughs> probably probably oh um, man
0: you don't think the kid with the spit is Zach do you seems like a Zach thing to well, do well
1: you know it, it could be but he looks a little younger than eight I would say he's probably like five
0: that's true do you have the real <laughs> trip to New York City on your front cover yes okay did you visit the back of the book to see what that was all about
1: um I did look at it and it cracked me up <laughs> like I wanted to know like Fill in the coupon by November 30th, 1990. Yep, <laughs> um, that totally dates me because I was six okay. in 1990. Yeah, six no, uh, I was four in 1990.
0: To win the trip to New York, you just have to guess where the babysitters are going on their next super special adventure. Oh, yay! And the hint is that they will need sun visors. Do you have any guesses, Renee?
1: Oh. Well, if I had read the book, I would know. But um, <laughs> um, they're probably going somewhere exotic like the Bahamas.
0: I believe the answer is they're going to California.
1: <laughs> we don't wear sun visors.
0: This sun is a our sun- friend. You need to have a sun visor. I believe I'm two super specials behind because I'm going in order. But I believe oh. the one... Well, I'm one behind, Uh, but the next one after this book is called California Girls, where they all go to California together.
1: Yeah, well, you'll have to uh, let me, I might have to look that one up because uh, that for sure is probably full of stereotypes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you might need to take a few deep breaths as you're reading that one between chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, and then other stuff, you can get your uh, 1990, 1991 school planner and date book.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and I wasn't th-
1: even in school yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, you you wouldn't have needed that for a few years. Um, and coming soon, the Babysitters Club videos. You'll be able to watch your favorite babysitters. Woohoo! Yeah, it's very exciting.
1: Did you ever watch them?
0: I don't think so. I've seen the movie from like nineteen ninety five. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, Jen had a copy of that that I would borrow from her, and uh, <laughs> on
1: a VHS have yes. to rewind it first
0: in like the clamshell vhs <laughs> yeah and uh what was the other oh and uh, i don't know have you seen that there's a netflix revival right now that's very
1: popular. i haven't uh okay. we actually don't have netflix anymore <laughs> oh good for you. Uh, we had it for a long time but then we got disney plus and um between disney plus and youtube uh we have plenty of shows for us to watch so at this point we just don't have youtube or netflix yeah. it was costing money and we can put that into meals.
0: I think they're on season two, but it's very popular. It's uh, like, yeah. I think one of the young actresses won an Emmy. Um,
2: okay. Everybody
0: likes it. And I believe, I haven't watched it yet, but um, to your point, I believe Don's character yeah. is uh, Hispanic in the revival. Oh. So they've sort of, yeah. they are playing with this, like California girls don't need to be tall yeah. and blonde. Yeah. Well, that
1: would be good because it, it's, it's, it's just a common thing across the board thing yeah um not that movies put it out that way but for some reason that's what california girls are stated as
0: that's the easy stereotype do you have a couple minutes for the game really quickly here at yes. the
1: end? oh okay. yeah
0: yeah so yes i'll quickly explain the game to you uh renee you uh, are more of the babysitter's club era than me um do yes. you recall sassy magazine in the 90s which one sassy
1: Sassy. Okay, so I remember Sassy, but I wasn't allowed to read it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you might not be allowed to play this game then. Uh, should, we, should we? Should we clarify and see if we can get you permission? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, Sassy. I'm Thirty-five. Magazine, I'm past that. <laughs> sassy magazine put out a game called the Sassy Experience, uh, okay. and this was like a sleepover game. You might have played it out in the playhouse if you would had it uh, back at that time. Oh, but essentially, <laughs> what they do is they just have these cards. That have different questions and activities on. Okay. It. So every time I have a guest, I just pull the next card out of the box, uh, and we just run through it real quick. Sweet. Okay. Let's do it. The first two questions are multiple choice. Okay. Um, and they do have a correct answer, so you got to really put okay. your thinking cap on for these first okay. two. Okay. And then things get a little more free freeform. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of the fun of these is that they're all from like 1990, whatever. So some of them are yes. just really weird. All right. Question one, D.C. Scar, the letters D.C. in the word scar,
2: Uh
0: is a Washington, D.C.-based A. Band, B. Student Coalition Against Apartheid and Racism, or C. Social Club? What is D.C. Scar?
1: Probably a social
0: club. You're going to lock in C? Yes. Okay, I'm afraid that's incorrect. Ah. It is a student coalition against apartheid and racism.
1: Yeah, that was my other one, but...
0: I've never heard of DC Scott. It's
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have gotten that
1: one. Research that one.
0: (laughs) Question two. (laughs) Renee. Okay, I feel good about your chances on this one. What does moisturizer do? Okay. Oh. A, holds your skin's natural moisture and protects it from drying. B adds a moisture ingredient to your skin, or C, encourages the production of skin oils?
1: Well, I would say A. At okay. least I hope that's what your moisturizer does.
0: <laughs> you want to lock in A?
1: I'm locking in A.
0: That is correct, yes. It holds oh, in your good. skin, it's not <laughs> to run
1: moisturizer. Because if, if it doesn't, you're using the wrong moisturizer.
0: If it's producing oils, yeah. Oh, please <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, one, one for two. That's a pretty good score. That's uh, good job. Okay. So this next question is also multiple choice, but there's not a okay. correct answer. This is just your okay. own opinion. Renee. Yes. Which photos do you think you have more of in your wallet? <laughs> Ooh,
1: do I have photos in my wallet? Okay.
0: A photos of guys, B photos of girls, or C about the same. <laughs>
1: Okay, so that's really funny, but I'm going to say B. Okay. Because, and I will explain, because I had a lot of photos of me and my friends or my sister and her friends, especially from, I guess it's a little closer to 2000, but the late 90s um, from Glamour Shots. Okay. Where you would go and be all fancy and they would make your photo fuzzy. Okay. Yes. I think I only had pictures of my dad and my brother outside of that All right. and maybe like one crush in high school,
0: <laughs> Yeah, which I
1: probably still have somewhere.
0: Oh, <laughs> don't tell James. Um, what do you, uh, <laughs> do you think anyone still has photos in their wallet?
1: You know, I did. Um, I did have pictures in my wallet when I was carrying like a bigger wallet, yeah. um, Not like a a flip through, but just like a couple thrown in there. Um, One of James and I, when we were younger, a couple of my children, um, nothing big. Um, Really, the photos that I have of my kids in my wallet now are like their stay safe cards, which we get from their school with their school picture on it. And it's basically like uh, if they were to get lost or like we couldn't find them, that would be the picture that would be used to identify them. Uh, it's their school picture, but other than that, I don't really carry pictures in my wallet these days.
0: Yeah, it's all on the phone now. I think that would be the updated question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pull out yeah. your phone.
0: How many I, pictures? Yeah.
1: Well, probably of boys because <laughs> I have more boys than girls in my house.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Halfway, halfway done here. Um, next question. So, uh, Renee, what's going to happen here is you are going to get. A letter from someone who wrote to Sassy magazine asking for advice. Okay. okay. And you're gonna Let's give this you're gonna give this person advice, and then we're gonna see if your answer matches what Sassy magazine says. Okay. Okay. Dear Renee, I feel guilty when I go to parties with my boyfriend because I don't know if I should spend all my time with him. I'd like to spend time with my friends who are there. Is it okay to split my time between them?
1: So This would be my advice.
0: Yeah.
1: My advice would be yes and no. Um, Yes, it's okay to split your time between them because I don't feel like any relationship is healthy if it's only one dimensional. So um, I would definitely encourage you to split your time between them. But if your boyfriend does not know anybody at the party, you might need to include him in lots of conversations um, and not just walk away from him to hang out with your friends. So, I would say a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you're going to the party with your boyfriend, the intent is to spend time with him. But also, if you have friends there, you want to spend time with them. Hopefully, he has friends that he can spend time with, also. But if not, you might be stuck with him hanging out with you.
0: Yeah. Um, that's what I, I would say. I think you pretty much nailed what Sassy says. Sassy says, yes. However, don't dump your boyfriend the moment you arrive. Wait until you are both comfortably adjusted to the party and he is engaged with conversation with someone he knows. While apart, it's a good idea to smile and make eye contact with him across the room so he knows he's not forgotten.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, as a spouse, we do that, too. We're like, are you ready to go yet?
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, number five is like a sort of a physical one, which doesn't play really well in an audio medium. Uh, but your question would be pretend to be a fashion model and pose for the other players. Um, hmm. Have you ever considered doing any modeling, Renee?
1: You know, I actually haven't. I think if I were to do any modeling, it would be like uh, like a part of my body and not like my whole physical being, like okay. my hands or like my ears for earrings or something like that. <laughs> um, I don't feel like I have a model stature or look, (laughs) um, unless you're looking for a short size zero petite. girl. You're
0: a beauty, (laughs) Um, Renee. What have we learned? You're a beauty.
1: I am. am. Um, But models tend to be taller and um, built differently. So um, sure, if I was in the right uh, persona, if, if I was the right fit for it, sure, I would totally model. I'd totally model T-shirts and jeans if they let me. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I never really was interested in modeling.
0: Gotcha.
1: Um, it's fun to pretend.
0: Yeah, especially if you're a <laughs> uh, preteen playing the Sassy game. And, right, uh, right. My last question, and this is sort of a downer to end on. Uh, Renee, describe a time when you were in physical discomfort.
1: Well... I just had a child. I was going to say,
0: I think I know what your answer is going to be.
1: <laughs> so so here's, but here's, here's a good, it's a good story. So um, I just had a baby three months ago and I went to the hospital because I was having contractions and they weren't normal. They weren't doing much, but I was clearly in labor. So I went to the hospital and they still were not doing much. So they gave me Pitocin to start uh, kind of getting those contractions going, the medication that starts contractions pretty consistently he gave me Pitocin and, uh, we upped it and upped it to about four. So anybody who's familiar will just know four is not a high number, but we upped it to four. Okay. And I had a couple really good contractions. And I told my husband, I want my epi- I want an epidural. Uh, I had an epidural with my previous two pregnancies or labors. And I told him I want an epidural. And he said, okay, So we got the anesthesiologist to come in. I'm on the bed being prepped for an epidural. And I looked at the nurse and I said, my water just broke. And I feel this really, and I won't get graphic, but I feel this really like strong urge to push. Uh And she's like, okay, the midwife's going to come in and check you. Just wait, just wait. The anesthesiologist is behind me setting everything up to give me an epidural. Uh And the midwife comes in and she texts me and she says, uh, the baby's going to be born now. Oh, and the anesthesiologist behind me says, so no epidural. And I hear the doctor say no. And she packs up and she leaves. <sighs> thankfully, thankfully, 20 minutes later, I had a baby in my arms. Wow. Um, so my water broke right at midnight and I only pushed for eight minutes and I had a baby. So it was intense pain. And at some point during that time, it was intense discomfort. I told my husband, I don't think I could do this anymore. And then I had a baby. So, um, (laughs) yeah, that's my experience. And I didn't get an epidural. Uh, but wow, we're happy. Yeah. Discomfort. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) I, I feel like I've always heard the horror story of like, they're, they're right about to give it to you. And then like, Oh yeah, no time. Um, yeah. So it was
1: a very short, it was a very short time of discomfort. It was okay. literally 20 minutes uh, from the time that I said I wanted, or right before I said I wanted the epidural probably <laughs> a total of 15 from the time I said, I wanted the epidural to the time that my water broke. <laughs> and then from the time my water broke to the time that he was born was literally 21 minutes. Okay. So it's not like it was intense discomfort for hours on end. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But
0: I still wouldn't even want 20 minutes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I didn't have a choice at that point.
0: (laughs) That's true. Because
1: they weren't going to give me the epidural. There was no way. There was no time. By the time they got the epidural done, the baby would have been here. So we're happy. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Okay. So,
0: yeah. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's uh, something you can be proud of that. You went through the the natural version in all its glory. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. You yeah. have a baby.
0: Oh, and he's so cute. Well, Thank Renee, this was so much fun. You. Um, we're at fun. the end here. Is there anything that you want to promote or plug for the people listening uh, to check out or to follow you?
1: Um, so I am on Instagram as my okay. name, Renee Ashton, and uh, you're welcome to go over and check that out. It's mostly just stuff about my family. Uh, I do sell uh, bags and totes through a business called 31, and my link is on there. Um, if you're interested in purchasing, you can even personalize things. So if you wanted to get a bag that had names of the babysitter club on it, Jeremy, like your shirt or, um, or the initials for it, uh, you could do that. Um, they're not overly expensive. Uh, I do do that on the side. It's just a little business that I have. Other than that, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but it's mostly personal stuff. so that's instagram is where i'm most active for uh, pictures and family and people are welcome to follow me um i will post that i did do the babysitter club podcast on there
2: yes um
1: i would say i'm not overly interesting but if you like pictures of cute babies and children and to know what how mom life is going that would be the place
0: yeah well that's great we'll put it i think we follow you from the babysitter's account so we'll make sure to put that in the in the show notes for this episode, um, people can always follow us. We're at BabysittersBC on Twitter and Instagram. We also have an email, Club at gmail.com. But no one ever emails me, Renee.
1: <laughs> well, maybe because you didn't use it to send me the link.
0: That's a good point. That's a really good point. That I should be using <laughs> that to send the guest stuff. I never think of it when I'm just doing, like, the books and the Zoom links. I just use the personal.
1: Um, yeah. So... Um, just real quick, I'm just going to give a plug um, for my sister. She's yeah. amazing. She's not on here, but she does crochet and she writes patterns and she, she would, if there's ever a book that incorporates crochet, she's your person. Okay. Um, you can find her on Instagram also at heart. Oh. So she would be, uh, she has a great business. She writes crochet patterns and things like that. Um, but I would just, if you guys wanted to follow good crochet stuff, like she would be, she's good. That would be more interesting than my account. So, um,
0: <laughs> Yeah. We'll make sure that we, um, we follow her too. And we'll also add that link in the show notes. It's a good show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Renee, I think, I think we did it. Uh, this it was, was so fun. much fun. Um, what do you got going on the rest of the day? Anything exciting?
1: Oh, uh, lunch. Oh,
0: Hopefully that is exciting a nap for him. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm just at home, so I'll put on some music. I'll see what I need to do for my other job, which is not scheduled. Like, it's my hours are loose. I get to work in my own time. So if I do stuff at 9 o'clock at night and I get it done on time, that's when I do it. Yeah. Um, my kids and my husband will come home from school and we'll have a family evening. It's pretty much my day. That sounds nice. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with me here today. I really enjoyed it. Um, thank and yeah, you we'll, for having we'll, me we'll definitely stay in touch. And for everyone else, thank you for listening to us. And we'll be back again next week. Take care.